It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Pool List. My name is Lex, and I'm here with my co-host, Simon. Simon, what is up, man? Just enjoying 2022 and all the surprises it brings. Yeah, it's it's nonstop. This is so weird. You're listening to us, and you're probably like, man, why do these guys sound so crappy? It's because we're recording on our phones, and this is it's weird because I can't see Simon. I, you know, This whole time that we've been doing this podcast, we've been able to see each other. And it's sort of feel like we're we're in the same room, but the we had like an Arctic storm come through Texas and uh, it froze my internet, I guess. So I haven't had internet since it got below freezing and um, they're supposed to come out tomorrow and look at it. But yeah, it, Texas is the worst place to be in the cold ever. <laughs> It froze that data right in its tracks. Yeah. yeah. So I apologize for the crappy sound. And we're also not going to edit a single thing from this episode. Maybe that little bit of uh, intro that just me and Simon talked a bit. But um, other than that, you're going to get all the gross sounds and coughs and heavy breathing from my end. And uh, <laughs> we'll just have to deal with it this week. Maybe, maybe I'll do a special little rip ass for just for this one. <laughs> um, but, you know, we didn't get any snow here in austin uh, things froze over on the first day which i think was like thursday night and you know today everything seems to be pretty fine we went i went outside in shorts today it was uh it got almost up to 50 so i don't know how it is up in north texas where you're at but how has it been i haven't really talked to you since uh i've been uh, screaming at the internet i didn't know that it didn't snow there at all no no That's no snow here uh yeah it snowed here we were snowed in so to speak because it's never just snow it's the ground is always um too warm for the snow to stick at first so it's just like sludgy icy stuff yeah and then it snows so it always in texas like like said in texas we're not really prepared for it no matter what it, it, it's not cost effective yeah. for a city to have a whole bunch of snow plows for yeah. a year so for three uh, days of snow out of the year Right, so we basically just shut everything down for a couple of days and wait for that under ice to melt. Yeah, um, but you know, it it wasn't too bad. It was cold for sure, but you know, I think some places in downtown Austin got a little bit of snow, but we're up in northern Austin and it just got like I everything iced over and then a little bit of ice on top of that. It looked like snow, but it was definitely all ice. So uh, we were just frozen in rather than snowed in. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. What else has been going on with you, man, besides, uh, you know, fighting Mr. Freeze in Texas? (laughs) Dude. Um, (laughs) Not much, dude. I I took a whole bunch of pictures on Thursday night because I got bored. I stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning taking a bunch of pictures. And then I took a few more. Friday. Oh yeah, because you got you were out of work, right? They they yeah they gave you snow days, and then um, yeah, uh, Friday kind of did more of the same, and then today I played near and got depressed because that game's depressing, and then uh, went and found some Batman toys. So yeah, you got that uh, Jean Paul Valley Batman, the '90s Nightfall Batman. I love that figure so much, and I know a lot of people don't. 
it's a little ridiculous, but I think that's sort of my comic book style. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it and it's the um. So I, I came across the, which is so. First of all, it's weird because DC Direct went under after all these. I didn't even know this went under after all those Batman: The Adventures continues uh figures were announced, mm -hmm. and then I guess McFarlane started took up the mantle or whatever, um, because I can see them listed as McFarlane, McFarlane, uh, Batman: The Adventures continues figures. But uh, anyway, I've been seeing them on the shelves lately. Uh, I got Red Hood. I got Joker because I didn't have him. And I got another Batman because mine only had single jointed knees and I'm weird and I, I just couldn't couldn't handle that. Uh, <laughs> I got another Batman. And then today I came across at this store that I really don't like to support because I don't like their business practices. But um sometimes they i get lucky there so they had uh like they had Azrael, they had harley quinn they had some dc um direct icons figures which are new like they had um uh gosh a nightwing with the red mm -hmm. suit they had some of the deceased um uh, figures nice. that came out as weird um because all those were gone you know defunct um but those are the superior figures to mcfarlane And then, um, but they also had the Adventure Continues Armored Batman uh, figure, and I had a dilemma. Couldn't decide what I wanted, but <laughs> I ended up with Azrael. Yeah, my, my logic behind that was that you already had the thick Batman suit. Whether it be that version or not, you already had a version of it. So I've got two versions. i got to have three. You might as well get that John Paul Valley because he's crazy. Yeah, and so <laughs> what's funny is I pulled the figure out, and he's got So he's supposed to come with two fisted hands, hey yo, um, two claw <laughs> hands, and then two just open palm hands. Mm -hmm. and, uh, his two open palms are both left hands, which is wow. Or they're the same hand. It's just kind of funny. It's like, well, thanks for the spare, I guess. <laughs> That's got to be a little frustrating, man. Uh, yeah, but I mean, his claw hands are essentially the same, so I wouldn't have like an open hand without the claws, so it doesn't really matter. I'd be more annoyed if it didn't have any. Yeah. Yeah. What has been what else has been going on in the toy world, man? Anything you want to pick up? Since so, we're toys. Yeah, yeah, so uh I'm I'm kind of like I can't decide if I want the Nemo. I should have I should have fucking bought it. Excuse the language. <laughs> <laughs> I should've I should have bought it when it came out and I was like, ah, you know, I don't need it. And of course FOMO kicks in and I see all these great pictures, I'm like, oh I gotta have it now. It looks cool. And there's some people that are selling it at retail. Like I talked to a guy, he's like, I'll sell it to you for retail and it's just the shipping. So it basically, it, it just adds shipping, which can be expensive um, on top of what he paid. But so it's like 160 and I can't decide if I want it that much. Yeah. If I can sell some things, I will. But um, anyway, aside from that, uh, I got a... Michael Jordan, uh, Moffex with the uh, Dream Team America. Woo woo. Uh, cool. Huh? I said that's cool. I've seen some cool pictures with that Michael Jordan Moffex. Yeah, this one's the the Dream Team one, and then I got uh, um, I went ahead and got the Arkham Knight Revolt Tech. So. Oh hell yeah, yeah! I remember you thought you said that you were thinking about getting that one. I don't know if you had pre-ordered it before and then canceled it. No, I never did pre-order. I I'm, I. 
I have a love-hate relationship with Revoltech. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, this one is not overly stylized, and it looks fairly straightforward as far as Revoltech, and that it'll fit in with the lines. And honestly, like, love it or hate it, uh, most people hate it. I Arkham Knight is, like, one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think the character design of the Arkham Knight is amazing. I've always really, really liked it. And yeah, I liked it too. To finally get like a toy that looks pretty good because they, I mean, they the DC Icon or whatever made one. Um, but to finally see one that like looks really good, um, yeah, it was hard to pass up. So, well, it's tight, man. What anything else been going on in your world lately? No, I did pre-order the Hush Nightwing, so that's exciting. That one looks awesome, man. Yeah. I got the Hush Superman the other day, too, and it looks really good. I've been on this Spider-Man kick, and I told you the other day, I was looking up a Spider-Punk, because I'm trying to, like, put some figures that I like on my desk just to have it around, sort of, like, builds my my workspace. And I was looking up this Spider-Punk figure, because he's, like, one of my favorite versions of Spider-Man. And... Yeah. Uh, the Marvel Legends, which is really basic looking, like his shoes are just white, like they're not, it's not fully detailed or anything like that. Like his guitar is just a single color. Um, not, yeah. That's silly picking, you know, you know, things that I'm complaining about. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. But um, it was like a hundred bucks, 160 bucks, people reselling it online. And I was just like, damn. That's yeah. crazy. The the markup value on those Marvel Legends sometimes. It really is. The only one I've the only one I've bought that I would spend the amount of money that I spent on it was Jean Grey, only because I wanted the Jim Lee, you know, like the nineties version. Yeah, I like that one. And it's impossible to find because it only came in like one set. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's the only one I've ever spent a lot of money on. Like a lot, like for a $20 figure, I think I spent $60. No, I spent $40 on it. But, um, yeah, that was in the Cyclops pack, right? Yeah, the, the Love Triangle. And I'm yeah, sure that's one in the next year or two. But, um, yeah, dude, I would never, I would never spend that much on a Marvel. It's hard when you know that it's like when it came out, it was like $22. Yeah. And even that one, it was probably cheaper than that because it was before the price raise. Mm hmm. Uh, and I was looking, I was like, I'll just get, I could just get, if I'm just using it to display on my desk, I could buy the, the freaking hot toy and put it on my desk. And it's cheaper than the small Marvel Legend. And it has all the details. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's usually my thinking is like, if I'm going to get something and the cheaper version is even, let's say $40 less. Then the expensive version, I always go with the expensive version. Because it's like, I know I'm paying for a better thing. Yeah, I just think that Spider-Punk is going to be in Spider-Verse 2. And at the rate that Sony is, whatever they're doing, they might try to do a live action, which would be weird, but I don't know. Well, I mean, you also might just wait. If they're going to make it, they're going to make it. They're going to make the figure again, especially if they make another Spider-Verse wave. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so getting the trending topic, speaking of Spider-Verse and what Sony's doing, I don't have a lot of trending topic notes that we're going to talk about, mainly because I'm working with a duct tape setup here. It's all hodgepodge together. It's got steam engine. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so first, uh, 
apparently Dakota Johnson from the Fifty Shades series, and she's probably done other things. I just I don't have the resources to look that up, but she is in talks of playing Madam Web in a Madam Web solo movie, which That's in my awesome. opinion sounds like the most boring movie ever made. That's what I was gonna say. That's all I've wanted to see is Madam Web. That's yeah. All- She's like a, she's on life support always in that web chair that she's in. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll just completely change that. Yeah, uh, they've had stories of of uh, like a new Madam Web, which is which is uh, like, I think it was Jessica Drew, not Jessica Drew, whoever the second um, Spider-Woman was, something, um, yeah, I don't have any resources, sorry guys. I'm slipping, but whoever the second Spider Woman was, the one that had the black suit that was in the Iron Man cartoon, uh, yeah, Let's she see. she became the, sort of a new Madam Web for a little bit in the comic books, and maybe they'll do something like that on her story since she's more able bodied. Uh, yeah, yeah, so maybe they'll use that character. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like you know, she's interdimensional. I think about the Web of Destiny, I think about live action Spider Man. So, maybe we'll get a Spider-Punk movie. That'd be cool. I mean, it's different. It's not Peter Parker. It's like total loophole. So, what do you think about Madam Web, the movie? Oh, man. You know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I It is. So, that, that lady, she's a pretty good actor. And I forgot that she was in Fifty Shades of Grey. She was in that weird movie with... Uh, it's like as soon as I say the words, I forget who I'm talking about. With Jeff Bridges and uh, oh, the guy that plays Thor. It was it was like a murder mystery movie. Mm. It was pretty interesting. This is what you get, folks. When we don't have we don't have all our resources, you guys get us uh, just barely remembering things from our past. Bad time, El Royale. Um, yeah, she was in that movie, and it was, and she was pretty good. Yeah, she's she's good. So I uh, maybe it'll be good. Again, I just think about this is like a setup movie to a bunch of other things that they're probably going to do. Yeah, probably. Yeah, bring back Andrew Garfield, man. And you know, never. And I'm not one of the people that have been like I've always been an Andrew Garfield fan because you guys have listened to the episodes where I said he was my least favorite <laughs> Spider-Man and how he sucked, but. Yeah. I mean, I believe I'm a believer after watching No Way Home. Oh yeah, they fleshed out his character so much. Like, well, and it's the loss. It was the the loss of Gwen Stacy that really mm-hmm. uh, did a great job. So she was on The Office. Who was that chick? Dakota Johnson. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was an intern. Yeah, Kevin's replacement. Was the yeah, yeah, yeah. She was an intern. I am. I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. It was oh, yeah. no. It was on the last episode. Yeah. Remember, Kevin got fired, and uh, Toby got fired, and Dwight was the boss. She was. Yeah, she started working there. I do remember that. Huh. Look at us, barely remembering stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of barely remembering stuff, uh, man, Sam Jackson is going to be de-aged in secret invasion maybe i'm probably just for an episode or something but i love it when they do this de-aged cgi thing that every series seems to be leaning heavy on he's just he's just so old now that they need to make him look less than 80 years old (laughs) yeah it's true 
I mean, I think they should just dive into it, man. Just make him an old man. He's old. It's fine. I watched the re I watched the movie The Hitman's Bodyguard and then like the sequel to it. It's one of the movies we rented whenever we have been in the dark ages here. <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's so ridiculous, but he was so good in it. And I was like, this they just put an eye patch on him and make him make this the the Nick Cage origin story. Nick Cage. <laughs> or whatever his name is, Nick Fury. <laughs> both. Both of his origin stories. Rick Rage. Yeah. Rick yeah, that'd be great. And speaking of great, let's talk. I don't really have any other news, man. There's nothing else going on. And Tom Holland has been going back and forth saying, you know, if he's played Spider-Man 30, he's doing something wrong. And then he'll do another interview where he's saying, I want to play Spider-Man forever. And then he's like, nah, I don't really want to play Spider-Man. I don't think he really knows. I think he's just trying to skirt the fence to see, like, how big that check is for that next trilogy. Tell him, blame him. Get that guy, get that guy a break, man. That's a bit much. I couldn't imagine how stressful it is to be Spider-Man. Like the most iconic superhero. <laughs> yeah. It's got people had like he's doing press for Uncharted, the movies that, that's about to come out, and half the questions are about Spider-Man. He's like, dude, I, this is not about Spider-Man. Yeah. It's gotta suck, man. That but yeah. he's also can pay millions of dollars, so it can't suck that bad. I mean, I feel like being a celebrity in general is pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah, and if you already have millions of dollars, I guess more millions aren't like that appealing to you. Like I know it is, but it's, it's not like it's not like me and you getting millions of dollars. It's a uh, little bit the monkey's paw, man. You get a million dollars, but then people follow you around with cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like stand outside of your house, or you try to get pictures of you in your underwear and shit. Yeah, they're like, let's see your nipples. Yeah, are you guys getting married? No, man. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just eating. We're just eating brunch, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't really have any other news. Uh, I didn't really spend a lot of time because I'm so punchy about my internet being out. Just like shadow boxing in my in my office. Hangry. <laughs> let's, let's just talk about... I mean, so the storm came in and um, you know how it was. You sent me a Snapchat of people just panicking. Uh, yeah. And like... Like he said, no, they got no snow in Austin. They froze. No snow in Austin. We got, I don't know, two inches max, three inches. It's the ice that really messes us up. But yeah, like, I couldn't get many groceries today. I did find some eggs at Target. <laughs> but like... Expensive uh, eggs. Actually, they were pretty cheap. Oh, damn. Uh, I was kind of surprised. They were like a dollar eighteen. This is what people are wanting to listen to, I'm sure. But they were like... 18 for an 18 pack. I was very surprised. This is what you get when you get the uncut version, guys. The director's cut. <laughs> yeah, director's cut of us talking about our shopping. <laughs> yeah, I and I have the, I'm the worst. I know that I'm the worst. It's like, I, it's not that I even, I'm even going to the grocery store in panic mode. It's just, it just circumstance, bad luck, bad timing, me being lazy and not going to the grocery store when I could have earlier in the week. I just genuinely have to go to the grocery store. Like, I've got to pick up a few things. Same Not, you know, people with their baskets just full of, like, the most insane thing. 36 cases of Dr. Pepper, 10, case, 10 cases of water. I'm just like, I just need to get a few things and, like, check out. But now I have to stand in the line of, you know, 36 people. Apparently, biscuits were the panic item this time. People really? are out about canned biscuits, yeah. 
I love biscuits, man, but I mean, I would be okay without them, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was so I was in the we had food. I'm, I wasn't worried about that. I mean, but the the panic like it builds on itself. So everybody panics. You're like, well, fuck! I need some bread just because I have bread. I guess I need to go to the store and fight an old lady for bread because everyone. Yeah. And also, last time, I mean, we did get shut down. I mean, that, everyone's kind of scared about last time. We were, you know, people were. Yeah, people are shell shocked now. People were really shut down uh, the last big freeze. And the day before the freeze, you know, our governor last year was like, it'll never happen again. We'll never lose power. And then the day before, like, this big Arctic freeze came through, he was like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to lose power. I really have no idea. I can't prom. I can't make any promises. So, uh, everybody started freaking out. Just southern governors in general. <laughs> you guys, well, I don't know what I said last year. Uh, we're, we're let's live in the now, okay? Yeah, when you pretty much every southern governor is uh, useless as tits on a boar hog, which is something <laughs> we like to say. Um, and it's like, I, and so I was thinking, like, okay, if it freezes, I'm gonna go get. A thing of peanut butter and some bread. I'm good. I can eat that, and everybody in my family will eat that if we're stuck at home with no power or anything. You didn't get any chili dogs? I had chili dogs night before last. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's the perfect. It's the perfect meal for when it's freezing outside. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, and they had canceled school, so like. So it was Wednesday, and they're like, "Oh no, school tomorrow!" And then so I think that sent everybody into like, a, "Oh no, now I have to take care of my kids tomorrow and probably Friday." Yeah, and yeah. so then it was like a spiraling thing, like you said, it just kind of layers on top of itself. Mine was the opposite. I was like, "Shit, I gotta get dog food. I don't have any dog food." I had to get dog food too. I had to get cat food too, but and that was a weird thing that was empty. The entire cat food aisle was empty, and I was like, "Well, yeah, it's because people are taking care of strays." <laughs> I guess you'll eat. I guess you'll be eating uh, tuna like a fucking boss. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tuna every fucking day. I don't even like chili dogs that much. I mean, I do. Everybody likes chili dogs, but and come down here, man. I'll hook it up. You'll be like, damn, you're right. Can we get matching chili dog tattoos? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, we need to get like a toast, a toaster, or a piece of toast. <laughs> chili dogs would be cool though. I, I have a toaster. Oh, well, see, we need to get a piece of toast or our face, our combined face on our body. I wouldn't mind getting that. I kind of like to, We need to make an NFT. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I hate that so much. I hate that so much. I saw that, uh, the, what's his name? Um, to, fucking what is his name? It's like I don't exist without the internet. <laughs> this guy, Tony Hawk. Ah. He gets NFTs and everybody just like grilling his ass online. Like, how could you, man? You're a sellout. Like, dude, I'm just trying to live. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they told me I could make millions of dollars if I sent this tweet out. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I'm rich and I want to stay that way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I yeah, I have a lot of money. And you're just an angry poor person on the internet. We're not the same. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, we're not the same. Let's talk about this episode of Peacemaker and the section that's supposed to be on Patreon, but you guys are getting it because we're lazy. So, and we don't even have a fancy name for it. It's just Peacemaker. That's what you get when you get the VIP access. Yeah. 
Last week's episode was so good. And I feel like all the episodes so far have been so good. They've had like this mystery build up and they've had cliffhangers at the end of every episode, whether it be like a serious cliffhanger or just like a, you know, mild cliffhanger. This episode felt like a filler. Like when I got done with it, I was just like, oh, it's over. Uh, it's definitely a build up. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's two more episodes. And so I was like, oh, this is just we get the main bad guys are are building up to each other and uh the the cliffhanger from last week was kind of anticlimactic but also i was a little relieved because i kind of like mern even though he's evil well he's not evil anymore i guess what do you think about this week's episode man man all i gotta say is like so i can't even remember her name but the 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 asian woman in there yeah I was sad. I was sad because she she was like wit semi witty and she was like fuck you to the racist dude and now she's she got this thing drilled through the back of her head or through the roof of her mouth or however they do it. And yeah, this was the first time we saw them take over someone's body and it was sad, yeah. I was uh, Yeah, I was sad. Of course. They took over like the entire PD. Spoiler alert! Um, but all spoilers, also if you listen, sorry for the heads up. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I was. That made me sad. Um, <clears throat> more so than any of the rest. I didn't care about the rest of the police department, you know. Um, but her especially, only because I feel like she was getting somewhere against the dad. Um, yeah, she was. Uh, she was working against the corrupt police officer or the, you know, the new police chief. And she was going against, like you said, T-1000. <laughs> she was the only person that really cared about solving this case. And then like instantly, I mean, it, and it was a very graphic takeover. Like, it's not like a sloop and it's that it was like a seizure splitting out blood. Well, coming back to life. It was like a crazy situation. Yeah. And let's, I kind of want to talk about like the, the butterflies themselves are putting themselves at jeopardy if they catch someone while they are conscious. Yeah. Like flying at this thing. And, you know, I would love to have seen like her rip off a wing or something, but um, they seem invincible. But she's like tearing at this thing and it's so strong, it gets in her mouth. And then, yeah, you just see her spit out a bunch of blood and seize and, yeah, there was one of the PD members that, like, if they showed it going in his mouth and he got a full grasp of it before it, go, it went in, and it just, I guess, I don't know, the way, you know, it's got to be a crazy feeling watching someone be, feeling something be halfway down your throat and, like, clawing through it, or not even down your throat, going up into your brain. I think I would just bite down. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, it's just one of those things, it's like a crazy situation. Yeah, you don't want to bite down on a bug. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you. I'd rather die <laughs> than bite a bug. I wouldn't survive a fear factor at all. Or I have to chew on it. And it was sad because she was like, she was like, oh, I could, and they have the memories of the people that, you know, they have access to the memories of the people they take over. And she was talking to her partner, and she was like, I can tell she was fond of you, even though she was kind of a dick to her partner the whole time. 
And then she did that awkward smile thing, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. But yeah. it was it's just fucking sad, man. It was there was a lot there's a lot of funny parts into it, but it, some of the stuff's sad. You know, like he he's worried about his partner. He's like, "Yo, you just had a seizure. You obviously have a concussion." Those aren't even words on the screen. I was like, "That's fucking funny." Yeah, uh, like to be someone that doesn't know what's going on and be like, "Uh, what are you doing?" And she's like intently typing on the computer. He's like, "Uh, what the fuck?" <laughs> uh, yeah. and even the beginning when he was at the show and tell thing that was a great that was a great scene oh yeah that was really good so especially i think you might be my real dad what <laughs> I, uh uh and i don't think that they're going to do it in the show but they sure do make you feel like eagerly is going to get shot a lot every time yeah every time you're like bracing racing for a terrible thing that's about to happen but he was so badass in the scene where they were running away and he was just like tackling those those police officers yeah the bald eagles are terrible hunters apparently yeah they just they just will claw your eyes out i've just no i mean i've heard that before so i don't know how um, eagle he is but <laughs> i found i found that the creepy police chief that shot those people He's creepy. He, I don't like that character. I'm glad he, I'm not glad he got killed, but I mean, he's dead. He's not like a huge overline. Like he's not going to be a big villain later on. I'm glad that it just kind of ended. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he was weird. <laughs> but his, his. I mean, I almost spit my drink out. Where the the two main detectives catch up to him, and he's like, "I was too late." Um, and <laughs> the man was like. It was the fucking fucking peacemaker. He was like, no, no, it was a guy with a with a striped shirt, on a, a mask and a fedora. And, <laughs> and then he said, he just ran. I just got here and he was running away. And he said, rubble, rubble. And I was like, that is definitely a hamburger. Yeah, and before he said rebel, rebel, I was like, that's a fucking hamburger. <laughs> yeah. And I was laughing so hard. And my wife was like, I don't think it's a hamburger. It was like, definitely is. And uh, then the, the detective was like, I think that dude just described the hamburger. Burglar. He's either really dumb or he's fucking with us. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, but to, to fuck with somebody like that, like, that's really ballsy. Like, these guys are police officers. What are they going to do? Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy, man. And I do feel bad that, you know, Peacemaker is the only person that doesn't know and he's turning over a new leaf, but I feel like the show is not going to let the general perception of him be that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, he doesn't want to kill people anymore. That was a big, his big revelation in this episode. But then right after that, you got the news of the diary. Apparently, Amanda Waller was going to pin it all on him eventually anyways. Which, sucks. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, the way I see it is that after they succeed in their mission, she was going to call it in, like uh, as a reason to explain all the dead bodies. Uh, uh, and then it made Peacemaker went on a killing spree, which they kind of explained in the uh, press conference. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The um. Yeah, it it is weird. 
uh, that he's like, oh yeah, I'll kill monsters all day. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to kill anymore. No, I'll kill these aliens that, that are humans, but I won't kill like innocent people or anybody else, like regular people. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. And I'm I'm back and forth about vigilante. Like he's kind of annoying. Well, and I think yeah, I mean that's how I feel about Deadpool, pretty much. Yeah. But um, which I feel like it's a similar vibe. But I think it's he is like he's supposed to be like so obnoxious it's not someone you would want to be around yeah he's like dumb psychotic and annoying like when he fell when he had that golf butterfly duct taped to his back and then he fell off the tree i was just like what the fuck man oh yeah i i I was like he's taping it to his back it's gonna crack somewhere it's gonna break somewhere yeah What a terrible character, man. For him, I love his costume. I think it looks great. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. His mask is kind of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's comic accurate, I guess. Yeah, it looks better without the mask on. I mean, but the suit looks great. For it to be like a show that's supposed to be grounded semi in reality, like Peacemaker suit sucks. What's funny is it it looks like something you could make. Like it looks like that craft phone glued to shit. Like yeah. that's it looks like that. So yeah, I would say it's still grounded. Even the white dragon suit looks really cool, but it looks the the most silly. Like it looks cool in theory, but it's silly for the real world. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like that one. Right. <laughs> for there to be like uh, people that other you know. KKK members that worship him. He looks stupid. Looks like a Power Rangers villain or something. <laughs> and I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Because that sucks, man. Well, like, it just, no, his guy, his guys with the potato sacks, they reminded me so much of Django. Yes. I was probably getting on my wife's nerves because I kept saying that. Don't you ask me a mine for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite from that movie, man. I don't even that movie's okay, but like my favorite part of that movie is that KKK scene, which is so weird. Well, yeah, I mean, it served its purpose, which is to make you laugh at how stupid, a stupid organization of superior humans that are. <laughs> I like this episode, but it definitely uh, it didn't have the same. Uh, the rest of the episodes kind of stood on their own this one is definitely a build-up episode which i can appreciate the whole you know not to compare with marvel shows or whatever but i feel like marvel shows do it every other episode like they have a good episode they do a build-up episode they have a good like and they do it every other one or maybe every two episodes i can appreciate that the first couple of episodes stood on their own and now they're building up to the end so yeah it's like but yeah yeah this i mean the marvel stuff is more like the it's like damn it it's like DBZ, you know, there was like yeah. good episodes animated and then there was like shitty episodes that were animated by someone. Yeah. All right, speaking of shittier episodes, let's talk about the Book of <laughs> Boba Fett. Now, if you guys listen to previous episodes, you know that I'm not a fan of the show and I don't want to get it twisted. So there, there are Star Wars fans on the internet that are all lumped together, the people that hate the new trilogy. There's, there's different sort of groups of Star Wars fans. There's 
regular fans that are like, oh yeah, you know, it may not be my favorite, but I I still watch it because I genuinely like Star Wars. They're fans that hate the old trilogy. They're fans that hate the new trilogy because you know the main character is a woman. Purely, that's it. Whether they say it is or not, it's because yeah. the main like it has nothing to do with the actual movie. It's because Ray's in the movie. Uh, and there's people that lump this in as like, oh, ever since Disney took over Star Wars, they hate anything that Disney puts out. I'm not any of those. I was just never a Boba Fett fan, and I feel like this show is Mandalorian 2.5 rather than an actual Boba Fett show. I think it's turned into that for sure. Well, I feel like they didn't, the first, all the Boba Fett episodes, I had zero interest in. I mean, the first one was good. I had zero interest in. Uh, and I'm I'm less interested, I'm like, yes. And I want to get it wrong. I said it the other day, I was like, I did, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in these past two episodes. Lots of cool things. And we're going to talk about them. But Boba Fett only had 60 seconds of like on screen time in the past two episodes combined yeah. in his show in his show well so like, that's lame the thing about this show is like they they they've been mixing weird things in because so i feel like the journey after he gets out of the saw like pit has that was interesting like these flashback portions to, are interesting um, because it shows what the hell's happening, what happened to him, like how the hell he get out of there. Um, but the stuff of him like forming this crime family and taking over for uh, from Bib Fortuna and being the whatever they call him, I don't the Dio or whatever. Um, Daimyo. Yeah, Daimyo. Um, it's like he came in. He's like, yeah, I'm the Daimyo, and they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> F you man. Um uh, because like just because you killed somebody, fuck you. Um Yeah, well and then they set up the, the new conflict with the Java siblings. And I was like, okay, maybe that's where the, the show's gonna go. But then it like totally went out of left field. I feel like it it lost it and the not saying the pacing was good, but I feel like it lost the pacing and the tone that it was establishing in those first few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, because in this last episode, I was like, "What is going on?" Like, uh, you know, once you look past the "Oh shit, this is cool," "Oh, this is cool," "This is great," once you get past it, it's like, "What is this show anymore?" Right? Yeah. Like this is, it's it, they're trying to do all this stuff to set up stronger series, but they couldn't just have a a weird random spec. They probably should have just done it as a special, like. Yeah, they should have called it Star Wars. I don't even know anything. Star Wars Underworld or Star Wars Outsiders. That could have been a, just a random thing. They didn't have to call it Book of Boba Fett. And I know that's a trivial complaint. I'm not asking anyone to 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 wave my banner of Star Wars hate. I'm just saying, like, I was I was open minded with a book a Boba Fett show because I don't really like the character well it's mainly like the hype that the character has gotten over the past 30 years off of nothing really you know he doesn't really have any history or story or anything like that never really did anything cool except for die and uh, i was excited to sort of get that with this show 
But now it's just like, hmm, Luke Skywalker is here again. Deep fake. <laughs> At least it looks better now. It does look better. And I don't hate it. I think it's cool. Like one of the, my main things that I've been not sad about, but one of the things that I'm just like, oh, that sucks is that we never really got like Luke Skywalker in between stuff. Like they went so long without doing another Star Wars movie that now Mark Hamill's old as shit. Like we never got any cool Luke as a Jedi movies or anything. So yeah, it's cool to see that, but it's also like, come on, man. Yeah. I thought we were done with the Skywalkers. I thought that's what they said. He's also not very good at it. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think that's kind of interesting. Like, he's dealing in these absolute... Somebody... Uh, this isn't an original thought. Uh, someone on TikTok brought that to my attention. They were like, this is prequel mistake stuff, and that's probably why you don't hear about uh, Grogu, you know, in the sequels, sequels, like the sequel trilogy. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, he talks about his um, attachments with D- uh, Din Djarin. Like, he can't, you know, he can't have both or whatever. He can't have attachments to the past, even though, like, Luke has attachments. Like, everybody pretty much has attachments. That's a stupid rule. Well, and that's what made Luke successful as himself. Like, as a Jedi, is that he had those attachments. He wasn't so rude because that's the deal it's like these guys in the prequels they started losing their touch with the force because they had you know sequestered themselves from all the like they were like monks yeah well they're like weird cultist monks right and they're like creepy cultists like no we're not having sex we ain't drinking we're gonna sword fight our friends and our old friends and we're gonna wear these robes they can drink Break that weird milk stuff. <laughs> Drinking that bar, he almost does some hardcore drugs, and then <laughs> turns that dude down. But um, it, it's it, but then like the Sith are the opposite. Like they're all about the pleasures of the flesh, and um, so yeah. And for that, and for for that, they have like all kinds of crazy powers. Like they have all the cool stuff. Like yes, the Jedi are the good guys, kind of. But the Sith can bring people back to life. They have that cool electricity. They can do all kinds of weird, sick stuff. <laughs> like, you don't have to be full-on evil if you're, you're just like, hey, I'm kind of a Sith. Like, yeah. Well, that's some dark that's, stuff. Like, Ahsoka's not necessarily a Jedi anymore. Yeah, she gave it up. Um, and I think I think that's what makes Luke so important, is that he's kind of a mix. And yeah. the thing. He's like the new age Jedi. Yeah, he's like a cool youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on youth pastors. Like I said, I've been watching Righteous Gemstones and I'm all on that shit right now. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it really has been, the last two episodes really have just been, uh, like, it, it, like a Star Wars fan's wet dream, but yeah. in a way... You're like, oh shit, Cad Bane is in here now. Yeah. Oh, shit. When, I, when I saw Cad Bane, I was like, damn, that's cool. But then I'll, again, immediately was like, what is going on? Yeah, I thought that was cool, but I wish that he was kind of introduced earlier. Yeah, rather than at the end. Because they're not, how many more episodes are in this show? One? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so terrible. Uh, yeah, and everyone online, I was like, yeah, um, 
what I had that someone posted the time that Boba Fett was in there, and I was like, yeah, that's everybody's favorite episodes of Book of Boba Fett are the episodes that he's not in it. And people were like, yeah, so, so what? I'm like, you're missing my point. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm... Just call it something else. Like, you guys don't like Book of Boba Fett. You like just a collection of random Star Wars shit. You like action figures, but you bring your action figures over here, and I'll play when we make a story up. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Dave Filoni and John Favreau have done an amazing job, but I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, it, they I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not gonna. Whenever, yes, that Mando episode, I like Din Djarin significantly more than Boba Fett. So when that he was in that episode, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool because he's a cooler. He's what Boba Fett is. Everybody thinks Boba Fett is is what the Mandalorian is, right? Uh, so yes, that was cool. Yes, seeing Ahsoka was cool again. I think the character looks great in live action better than I thought she ever would. And yes, it was cool to see Grogu and Luke fucking Luke. It's always going to be cool to see Luke Skywalker. It always is. But at the end of the day, I was just like, this is what is this anymore? Yeah, 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 I agree. In the next episode, IG 88, that'd be kind of cool, though. <laughs> that would make I, more sense to me, even though I don't know if he's dead. I'd rather see Boss. So apparently they did. So the 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 Wookiee that's in this, like they kind of, I didn't know this because I've watched the Clone War or most of it. Um, but the uh, apparently Wookiees in Trandoshians or whatever the the lizard guys are, like Boss. That's they, amazing. Yeah, they don't like each other, and so that's why he got pissed off and ripped that dude's arms off. Yeah, yeah, like they the Boskis people, Trent, whatever whatever they're called, they skin Wookiees and use their pelts. And that's why in like the first episode, they cut those guys have like Wookiee pelts. Yeah. Or the lead up. Uh, that's cool. And that character is cool because he, in the, in like in the comic books, he works with Boba Fett, like they have a history together. So yes, it's cool to see things like that. But it would be cooler to see Bosk and the toilet paper dude, even though I'm sure they're all dead. And, <laughs> and IG-88. Like it would be cooler to see those characters that actually interact with Boba Fett. I'd rather see Boba Fett become like it would have been cooler if he were just like someone that was giving out jobs. Yeah. Like a hub for bounty hunters because he was like, it's bullshit work. Let me be the guy that helps you, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like the guy that was giving um Mando his jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like I know it's shitty work, but I'll be your boss now. And it'll be cooler. <laughs> like I'll be the cool boss, and you know I was saying like he gets his ass kicked a few times in this show, and and I've mentioned that online. People are like, he's never. They never said he was the greatest, you know, mercenary. They they never. That's never been established. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you? That's that's who would give a shit about Boba Fett if that wasn't his sort of lore? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's number one is that he's like the greatest bounty hunter. They even said it in the last episode, I believe. Yeah, why would Darth Vader hire him as like one of his people if he was like the shitty dude that didn't know what he was doing? And why wasn't Cad Bane there? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. Cad Bane's cool, yes. Like you said, it's like a... it's. Not, I hate to say fan service because technically not everything is, you know, fan service. But this, it feels like it. Like, everyone oh. wanted Cad Bane. But, so, yeah, let's put him in the show. Because everybody wants a live action. We're not going to do a fucking movie about Cad Bane. So let's put him in here. I would not be surprised if Darth Maul 
next. Uh... Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be the leader of the syndicate, isn't he? I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the last episode. Or no, he died. This is after he's dead already, isn't he? He, he died before, man. He's died a few times. Supposed to be dead now. We'll see, man. After Return of the Jedi. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder, because I think it would be interesting. So they had, like, the extended universe stuff before. Yeah. Um, and then, the, then that went away. It became Legends. But, you know, there was, like, the... Um, shadows of the empire and that was like the sun syndicate or whatever i can't really remember but it would be kind of interesting if that was brought in yeah that would be cool and like why not why completely erase that like built-in lore and fan base yeah i mean they basically used it because one of the son of han and leia became a sith just like in the movies yeah Uh, the twins thing yeah but i also wonder you know, uh, so Cad Bane in this seems more ruthless than he ever was in the Clone Wars. Yeah, in the Clone Wars, he's a cool character. Don't get me wrong; he's like my favorite bounty hunter. But I just, I just didn't. I don't know. I think it's because I'm not just maybe my my hate for Boba Fett is is affecting my view of the show. Yeah, maybe that's it. And I kind of knew going into it, I was like, I don't, I fucking don't like Boba Fett. And I made that Pizza the Hut joke one time, and someone made fun of me, so I haven't made that joke again. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry if you guys like it. I'm not trying to sway. Like Simon, I know that you you and you've been enjoying it, right? I mean, I, I like all Star Wars, though. I mean, yeah. So do I. I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I can appreciate all the cool stuff, like even the the Mando stuff, where the sword seemed heavy, and people were like, "Why it's a you know it's a lightsaber? Why is it heavy?" And you know. That whole lore with, uh, I think it's in Rebels, where they kind of explain that. Like, I appreciate all that stuff. Well, and that, that's why I think it's so important to have, like, the Star Wars Bible that Dave Filoni has put together. Yeah. That he has spent more time with lore than, uh, than fucking Lucas ever did. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff ties together, and that's something that I do appreciate with this era of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I, I don't know. Han Solo's gonna show up in the last episode. <laughs> How? Hey, I'm trying to think of the time period. He, I guess he could. He's alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He's alive, so I guess he could. But they'd have to de-age him, which would be weird. No, they wouldn't have to de-age him that much. Oh, I guess yeah, they would. Because this he's, is a... he's like a hundred years old now. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to de-age him like forty years. To make him sixty, so they just they just aged that guy that was in Solo. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Just get that guy from Solo. <laughs> oh man, I, I I do like Star. Like I'm gonna watch any Star Wars content they put out, and I don't want to sound like a Disney shill. I just like that universe, and and once I become a fan of a universe, I'm gonna pretty much stick through it. I mean, there's more good things about Star Wars that I like than the negative things. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And this show's not terrible. It's just I have nitpicks as someone that's been a fan since I was a kid. And but I'm not also not trying to sway anybody. So like when people say they love it, I'm like, oh that's cool. Like, yes, I could see I could totally see why you would like it. Um but yeah, that's just my my soapbox for book of no book. 
and yeah, I'm I'm with you. These are all content. Like there, there's stuff in there. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if they're gonna keep doing the Luke Skywalker thing, Ralph. Well, so there is a show that's supposed to be like Jedi stories. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's. I would rather it be something else, like an Animatrix type thing. But yeah. they are that so. People keep talking about Sebastian Stan. A few years ago, someone made that image where they look alike. Uh, and people keep talking about, like, let Sebastian Stan be Luke Skywalker. Like, I don't I don't care. After seeing him as Tommy Lee in this show, uh, it's hard to... Yeah, that's that show freaks me out because all those characters, they really look like <laughs> the other characters. Like the real-life people. Yeah, yes. And I don't know. Good for, good for Mark Hamill, though, man. That guy has solidified his life to get fat checks as an old man that doesn't have to do much. Yeah, he, yeah, he really, he's the, he is the Joker, the voice of the Joker. He could do, the Joker is a character they're going to continue to make animated stuff with. They're going to continue to make games. He can, even though he said he wasn't going to do it anymore, I think he did it after he said he wasn't going to do it anymore. Yeah, that was. I feel like that was kind of the surprise for Arkham Knight and said, oh, I'm done with it. And then he did it. Yeah. <laughs> and he did an animated movie right after that. But it's like, anytime there's a Joker, he gets cut a fat check for that because they want that authentic Joker voice. And he, they're not, he's not even having to do this. They're using old pictures of his face and, and deep faking it on a dude. So he's getting a fat check just because it's his face. Well, he's doing the voice. Yeah, yeah, he is doing the voice. But again, he could do that sitting down. He's not like having to, to yeah, right. be be on set and do all this. He could do it probably in his house. He probably has a fucking, you know, booth set up. Good for him. That's one complaint that I have. I don't know how much time we have on this side of the recording, but that's one complaint that I had. Um, Nicole was like, what are you talking about? It was like, his lips are moving, but it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't feel like the voice is coming from that mouth. Yeah, it's never going to be. It's never going to work like like they want it to. They're going to have to do the Sebastian Stan or something, and just it just felt like the voice was coming from an amplification system, like an overhead system, and that guy was just moving his mouth to the words, like it was an obvious dub. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like like those old yeah, karate movies. Yeah, I don't know. Good though. <laughs> Old karate movies. We're gonna take a second to listen to some thing, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. Welcome back, and thank you guys for listening to whatever we played in the middle of that. Whether it be Simon screaming or me deep sighing over and over for multiple minutes. So uh, whale sounds. Yeah, that would actually be really soothing. This section <laughs> of the podcast, we are reviewing a trade. Some people call it a trade review, but you don't have to. Nobody's going to make you. And this week, we fully are embracing our, our Daniel Warren Johnson fanboy shill. Just, we love him so much. Uh, we talked about how last year we reviewed... Uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth and even though we had tiny complaints it was still like oh this is the best thing I've ever read and I've, I've also repeated that anytime we've reviewed any of his books as you guys may have or may not have heard 
I just like it. I like his art style. I like that he writes it and illustrates most of his books. I, I'm just a huge fan, and I, I don't know if I'm speaking for Simon, but I think genuinely Simon doesn't hate anything that we've read of his. No, definitely not. Like, uh, Dead Earth was probably one of my favorite DC properties that I've ever read. Uh, yeah, so same and wonder woman like i i don't read a lot of wonder woman but i was like damn maybe i should if yeah, it's like if, if, if she was always written like that all day yeah, yeah. uh we and I, there is a a story that they announced recently called Jer jurassic league which if any other writer or creator was making it i'd be like oh that's gross you know marvel did a marvel apes I think DC did a DC Apes too for some reason. Yeah, I feel like they did in like the nineties or early two thousands. Yeah, which I didn't read any of those because it's just silly. And again, if any other creator would have made Jurassic League where the Justice League are dinosaurs and their villains are dinosaurs, I would say no, I'm I'm not gonna read that. But since Daniel Warren Johnson is doing it, I'm like, yeah, that's an instant buy. I'm gonna buy everything that comes out, I'm gonna buy all the covers because it's gonna be something that's right up my alley. I just like his I think this is action scenes. Uh, I think that's what I like so much. Yeah, so, and we'll get into it in this, but his action scenes and pretty much anything with a monster or a beast in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that was some of my favorite stuff in Better Ray Bill, which we reviewed a few weeks ago, and I was trying to spread out my Daniel Warren Johnson books, but Murder Falcon was a book that came out a few years ago, and I thought that it came out in 2018, and I thought we had reviewed it. So it's been something I just never thought about doing because I I don't know why I thought we did it. And um, here we are. And I didn't realize it was eight issues. So we got, we got, I told Simon about it, and I hadn't even looked at it. As usual, I wait to the last minute to read. And um, I saw that it was eight issues, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to power through this. Obviously, it never works that well, but. Uh, I did. Uh, sorry to put that on you. <laughs> like that time. Hey, man. Life's all about hard work. <laughs> so since it was eight issues, and we typically do, I think, a max of six issues, we're going to read two synopsis apiece back and forth just to kind of make sure we stay on track, give us something to bounce ideas off of so we're not just like, oh, I like that, I like that, oh, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I'm going to start off Murder Falcon. I don't think, did I say we're going to read Murder Falcon or have I just been rambling? Well, whatever. We're reading Murder no, no. Falcon. <laughs> Murder Falcon, issue number one from Daniel Warren Johnson, the creator of the Eisner nominated series Extremity, which is a series that we haven't read, which is weird because I think that's like his first book. We should probably read that. No, we're not going to read it next week. Don't worry. We're just going to be a full Daniel Warren Johnson fan cast. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> comes Murder Falcon. The world is under attack by monsters, and Jake's life is falling apart. No band, no girl, no future, until he meets Murder Falcon. He was sent there from the heavy to destroy all evil, but he can't do it without Jake shredding up a storm. Now, with every chord, Jake, now, with every chord Jake plays on his guitar, the power of metal fuels Murder Falcon into an all-out kung fu fury on those that seek to conquer Earth. It's time to shred. That's the synopsis for issue number one. I'm going to go straight into issue number two. Metal doesn't happen with just one man, and neither does saving the world. As monsters attack the city, Jake and Murder Falcon must recruit a bassist to join their fight. Luckily, they know a guy. 
Simon, give me your initial thoughts on this wild, silly, silly story. What I like about this story and how it starts is there's a lot of misdirection. Oh, big time. Throughout the whole book. Yeah. Um, it starts out as kind of a kaiju battle thing. This guy just shows up in a van. Uh, I like that he's kind of heavy set. He's not yeah, like they didn't make him like yeah, they didn't make him like a super sexy protagonist, right? Same. Um, and then they bring in this <laughs> this just amazing conglomeration of things like this robot arm, hawk headed fighter guy. I fucking <clears throat> love this. Like I've never seen, and this is a bold statement, but I've never seen a character that I've loved the design of like straight off the back. I'm just like, this is it. This is so it's and it's so silly, but it just works on all levels for me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's really great. Um, and it's so like I said, there's all this misdirection. You can tell that there's something really heavy in the background, um, which I think it's funny that they have this other world called the heavy. But there's like even like I I love the little details, like even that the. Everybody loves his band that's around him. And they seem to get bigger and bigger as the series goes on. But even like weird things like the the diner, the server at the diner is older woman, which normally it's just like this older lady, like flow from the progressive commercials, you know, just like whatever. She's got like full sleeve tattoos. She's like, oh, I, what happened to your band? I need some new material. Like all these weird little details. Um yeah, yeah, you say, you know, you say misdirection, and it's funny because the project, you know, it does the first battle where he comes up and he's he's saving a, a child that's about to get eaten, and he's sort of this brazen protagonist, but then it does like an f- instant flashback till we get the real story. And the way that he's pre- Jake is presented is like, oh, he's just a, a loser with a, you know, a garage band, but in all actuality, everybody loves this band. This band was on the up-and-coming um, yeah, and then you learn that the story kind of it's not let that way. He was sort of the catalyst and why they're not you know famous rock stars. Yeah, um, the initial so the initial like oh he picks up the guitar and all of a sudden like he had this guitar which apparently was the avatar of um, Murderhawk. Like it's you know in the story you find out that there's these uh, instruments that are possessed that are linked to the spirits in the heavy. And it's kind of interesting to learn, like, that it fixes itself or something like that. That is kind of inconsistent with the rest of the story. Um, but it is, it's a cool detail. And it's just kind of this opportune moment, like he's attacked by this this weird spider thing all of a sudden uh, yeah. in his apartment. Like, there's lots, <clears throat> lots of little, like, convenience, plot convenience stuff. But... You know, you get these flashes of his wife and, and you think, again, there's a lot of misdirections. Like, you think that he's had a loss, you know, that he has this this wife. Um, she's no longer in the picture. Uh, it's, it's presented like she died. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, she's not there anymore. And then we're flashback to, immediately back to, like, action, um, which is really cool. But there's just... Um, it's weird that people just accept, not weird, but it's funny that people just accept Murderhawk. Like they fucking see him and they don't, they don't even blink. 
I think it's because of the giant kaiju attacks that have been happening. Yeah, but even that, like, even the kaiju attack, like, this is obviously, like, a ridiculous premise. So you just kind of accept a lot that comes with it. Yeah. But but even with the kaiju attacks, you know, by the end of the series, it seems like humanity is very close to extinction. But here, um, it kind of seems like... It, they're not a big deal. Like people don't even know about them still. Uh huh. And that's why I say this silly, silly story because it, it is silly in that sense. Like it be it's sort of normalized that these uh, kaiju are attacking the world because it's not just this. It's, you know, a lot of time with kaiju attacks, it's like a major city or a, you know a certain area. But this is happening all over the world, and. And the story only gets sillier. Like, it's only more normalized into, like, where it's it's the main day-to-day life. Like, your normal day-to-day life is, is sort of trivial. You know, at one point, there's a guy having a picnic with his girlfriend. And there is a kaiju tech happening right over them. And she's like, maybe we should move. We should move. And he's like, no, the government, we are good. The government is taking care of it. And it's just so normalized. And you kind of have to, right off the bat, you have to accept how silly this book is. It's a, it's a, the power of Murderhawk, this amazing character, is solely based off of the, the music that Jake puts out, which is an awesome presence. It's sort of like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where they had the stands. And it's silly, but I loved it because you just have to, and once you embrace that sort of wild story, it, then you, you can have fun with it. Yeah, it, so you kind of talk about how they're like, like you have this avatar of their destructive ability or the metal or whatever you want to say that. Um, and it reminded me because the the musician that's playing, you know, you find out later they're very much in peril. Like they can they can be hurt and cause this whole thing to come crumbling down. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of. Did you say JoJo? I've never seen JoJo, so I don't know if that's how that is. But I do know that there was like this. I remember there was this PlayStation 2 game. Ah, rad. Robot Alchemic Drive. I just looked it up. And you basically were a person in Japan. Like you were just a person. And you had this remote control. And you controlled a giant robot. But like you were you were seeing it from your perspective, like as just a person. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're fighting a Kaiju or whatever, but like if you, the Kaiju falls on you, like you're dead and the robot is defenseless. Um, and that it, it really reminded me of that, like almost like a Pokemon Digimon, like this, like <laughs> it's always funny. Like that, the characters that feed off of extraneous characters that kind of control them. But yeah. um yeah, it's a very it's a it's a similar concept to something like that. The first issue does a really good job at setting up this world. We dropped right in and it moved the pace is very fast. The pace is very fast through this entire book, even though it's eight issues. Um I feel like this is sort of the book for you and I, because you know, we get to six issues and we're like, damn, we just needed we just needed maybe one more issue. We just needed maybe two more issues. And this book was like, oh, these these guys are gonna need two issues. So we gave we gave them eight issues, which it worked. But yeah. the pulse is still very fast because it is a self-contained story. And we're introduced to Murder Falcon, lovable. The protagonist is a little annoying, 
but you can tell, but you automatically assume his wife died. So you're like, ah, you gotta feel bad for him. You got to. Yeah, he, he's been hurt. Yeah, and he obviously one of his old friends and bandmates trying to reach out to him, and he's just like sort of pass, you know, like passive aggressive with him. Doesn't want to interact with him. So you feel for this character. You love Murder Falcon. It's a great setup. Great first issue. Uh, but yeah, he does a really good job with controlling the flashbacks. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're getting just a portion of what actually happened. Yeah, instead of taking a, a page or multiple pages, you can get a lot out of one panel that they're doing in this book, or like in between panels, which is really really good. Yeah. At the end of this issue, Murder Falcon, they're working together. They're getting their. Jake is like, okay, yes, I will do this. Sort of reluctant. But Murder Falcon is like, listen, you got to get good. You haven't practiced in years. You got to get good because I'm only as good as you are. Your training is my training. And and he's like, okay, he's practicing. But he's like, but you know what we have to do. We have to get the band back together. Like, it's funny because even in the heavy, which is this alternate dimension, they're like, we know about your band, Bruticus. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that you know the gods or the the god of a thousand voices or whatever. He told me that you were good, but you're you're actually really good, and so I chose you. And the avatars choose these people, which I thought was it's all it's really cool. A lot of lore jam packed into issue number one. Yeah, but at the end of the issue, he says we got to get the band together, and then you realize they're going to go on this sort of hero's journey. Where he, I thought each issue. Which I think it, it plays out that way. It, again, it didn't break it up in this collected edition, but each issue they go and get another band member. Uh, but I did, when you talked about it, how it normalized it was that Murder Falcon, it's almost like sometimes I felt like, because I, I, I didn't know at this first issue, I was like, is it just a figment of Jake's imagination? Because he's, oh. talking, he's talking to his pal that owns the the instrument shop, right? Yeah, and they're just talking, and Murder Falcon's in the room, and he doesn't ever acknowledge him. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe Jake is just having like a mental breakdown, and maybe there's no kaiju attacks. Maybe there's none of this stuff. And but apparently it is, and it's just normalized. That for me, it took me a second to 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 get that you know trying to overanalyze it out of my head. Yeah, you only get one like in that second issue. You only get one where it's like his friend sees him and he's like, is that a bird? Like some bystander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they go into the, they go to, so we're going into issue two. They go to meet his friend, Johan, which apparently was the basis for their band. This guy wants to be in a band. It, it's part of his every being and it hurts him that Jake isn't part of his life anymore. So when Jake shows up with Murder Falcon, Murder Falcon's tell, telling all this story and Jake is stressed out. He's like, this is going to be a burden. There's no way anyone's going to join us on this thing. And immediately, Johan's like, yeah, I'm in. Sign me up for all of that. That shit sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my, life, my life's kind of boring, man. You're telling me I get to rock and save the world? Like, those things are linked? Yeah. Sign me up, man. Gotta Which I really it. like that character. Yeah, I do too. And... And so they, it, a lot of things happen for convenience, and it it just works. So he's going to join them on this mission, and he's like, "Well, I'll just go grab my bass." And apparently, there are certain instruments that 
are connected to the heavy. Not it's just not a random one. And so you think, and, and, damn, how are they going to find all these instruments around the world? Well, Murder Falcon has a shred detector. <laughs> it's just <laughs> whatever. It works. Well, and that's kind of what I was talking about. Uh, it's like the the story of the certain instruments started with Joe. Yeah, because it seems like Murder Falcon like linked to Jake's guitar after it was destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and he says it. He does say that he used all of his remaining power in the heavy to like they tried it, it does, I'm not saying it makes sense but they did try to hodgepodge it together where he said he used his energy to to find Jake but it doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense with the rest of the instruments that's true yeah I remember um, yeah and so I, I, I'm a huge fan of like dungeon crawlers and things like that and so this that gets slotted into it sort of a, as like a side thing uh, because they go to this other instrument shop and these guys are just in there talking. They bust in with this giant bird creature. And they're like, uh, was, that a, uh, was that a giant like hawk or eagle or whatever? Murder <laughs> punches a hole through the wall. And they're like, no, man, that was definitely a falcon. And that is, that's as much as they freak out about it. I love that they're talking about that. So I don't like Metallica yeah, really at all. But they talk about St. Anger. <laughs> I just love this guy's banners. Like they're talking about, you can't say that St. Anger is good and work here because I don't like Metallica period, but St. Anger is like not a good, not a good Metallica <laughs> album. Ooh. And I love that, the, that they're like, uh, I just love that banter. It's just funny. to yeah. me. And in this wall, you past this wall is this like dungeon, like real dungeon crawler dungeon where there's, at the end of it, there's the prize, and in between is this monster, which I just love that that's slotted in there. Yeah, it's just like in the back of the shop. Yeah, and they acknowledge it here so that they don't have to do it later. They can just, they can do it off panel later. Yeah. Which is really smart to me, because you don't have to always, yeah, we get it, this is the same thing. You don't have to do it over and over and over. It was so good. Um and then I had no idea what the avatar for Johan was going to be. Uh, I didn't know what I was expecting, but it to me, it, it was perfect. It was this giant mastodon. I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. What were you, were you expecting them all to be sort of like Murder Falcon? I've, so they're all very standard compared to Murder Falcon. Like Murder Falcon is this weird chimera of, technology human and bird and this one's just a mastodon and all of yeah, all the rest of them besides the metalocalypse band they had some cool ones but everyone else's are just like creatures uh, animals or like regular creatures well even him is like a herd of beasts that that was the the cowbell guy right he had the well, there was that guy, but even in the Metalocalypse, like the Norwegian band, like they they have like a herd of deer. Yeah, and the main guy had the Groot character. Yeah, had the elemental. Yeah, which was fucking badass, man. Yeah, very cool. And so in this issue, they that's that's pretty much what this issue is. They're going to this dungeon. They fight this creature. The creatures get stronger. This is the hero's journey. We all know what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and you also have to deal with like Murder Falcon being this cre this character that has this ultimate power, 
but it's limited because Jake is, is such a, I don't know, he's just sort of down on himself. He doesn't believe in himself, but he's still going going on with the, with the journey. Yeah, he's not quite there yet. I don't, I don't feel like he ever really gets there. Like, there's a few spurts that he gets, and then, like, yeah. the last the last two issues, he, he really comes into his own. Yeah, spurts. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool. They get, the, they get the base. His creature comes out, and it's this giant mastodon that just rips through the, the kaiju that they're fighting. Well, I think, is this the first reveal of, like, the big bad, Magnum Chaos? Yeah. Silly name, uh, but awesome. I mean, it works with the show or with the, with the book. Yeah, I, I like that Daniel Warren Johnson does this like asymmetrical monster thing. He's really great at drawing monsters. Like he's really, really creative. Um, Here, he really is. Yeah, I just folded my book. So yeah, they work together. Oh, so at first, whenever he gets to the base, it doesn't work. He hadn't figured it out. And so they sort of have to resolve their friendship. And that becomes like an ongoing theme. They yeah. sort of have to resolve their relationship, work together, and then the creature comes out. And then, yeah, you're right. We get It's a great scene where he is part of this, this dimensional rip that we learned about uh, right before this or in the first issue. And from that rip, it just he's like connected to it. Like you just see this creature with pants on. It's create he connected to this, this tear in the universe, but then he breaks free and he's just gross looking, but amazing. Yeah. Did you notice that Joe's base has tusks on it? <laughs> yeah. I just just noticed that in the panel. And then you learn a little bit before this issue ends. Maybe again, it's hard to tell where they end and where they begin. And you learn that, and this might be the next issue. But you learn that they go to the, him and his wife go to the doctor. Still, they don't. They don't. It's a misdirect. But you learn out that you learn that one of them has brain cancer. It looks like, and yeah. That, immediately and then he then they show the fight with the band yeah that he's basically next issue is that three i would yeah. imagine it's because it's like the drummer story yeah okay uh so yeah three and four <clears throat> before that we were talking about how it's normalized they do like a uh, interview on the tv where the news reporter is talking to the scientist and the scientist is breaking down how it's the end of times and it's this reporter is just like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. Back, you know, back to you. And it's just like totally oblivious to what's going on. Yeah, it's very much like if you haven't seen Don't Look Up, where yeah, it's like that. It's like they they just they kind of ignore the big issues for, and I, I feel like that's how it'd be. Like, you know, they say that the climate is going to change so drastically in the next ten years mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to live here anymore unless we do, you know. But, you know, we're still obsessed with the Kardashians so much that they're coming back to Hulu. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm excited for it. Oh, God. I just want them to die. That's terrible. But I mean, like, I, I mean the series. Yeah. yeah, you want their family to die. The whole family. <laughs> All right, take it to issue number three and four. All right, so Murder Falcon issue three. Murder Falcon, Johan. Who's next to join the band? 
if they're going to defeat the Veldar, which mm. are the alien species, we didn't say that, yep. they're going to need someone to lay down the heavy beat. And then Murder Falcon issue four, the reunion tour of Bruticus gets off a, to a rough start as Magnum Chaos unleashes his monstrous minions on Chicago. Only the mighty musical attack of Murder Falcon and the band can turn the tide. But where's Jake when his friends need him the most? Isn't it always Chicago? Chicago gets the shit kicked out of it. That's the worst. It's basically Gotham. Like you know, yeah, you don't want to live there regularly, but then it gets attacked by aliens and other shit all the time. I really, I this is the only instance that I'm like, damn, it sucks that I don't know the pages. But let's just say that it's right before we get introduced to the Norwegian band. That the Norwegian band will be what I take over. But the, up until then, I don't know if you're looking at the pages. Yeah, I am. Uh-uh. So, go ahead. Okay, yeah, so, like, here we, I, I believe, again, uh, we're guesstimating, but uh, this this issue three kind of deals with, you get this background, you finally see what we saw a little bit of, I think, in issue one, where Jake goes and he breaks his guitar because he's pissed off, um, and, and come to find out, you know, he, they were basically, his band is trying to replace him, Um as lead guitarist uh, and I guess singer because the their heart is in the right place. They're like, oh, I don't know if you want to, you, you've got shit on your plate. Somebody somebody has cancer. I don't know if you want to deal with that and be in the band at the same time. Um, but they kind of went about it a crappy way. Yeah, they were like, oh, you didn't, we told you, man. Practice was canceled. Like, so they were sort of deceitful about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then that guy that they're trying out, he, he also doesn't know. So it's like, uh, can I leave? <laughs> yeah, punch that guy in the head, though. He was like, do you do sound here or something, man? He's like, fuck you, dude. This is my man. Yeah. Oh, man. And again, we're introduced to another kaiju that they just keep getting stronger. This one has a hundred breasts. Yeah, he's got some big old flappy titties. <laughs> that's not the... I feel like that's not the first thing... Have we seen a monster like this before? No. From Daniel Warren Johnson? Uh, yeah, I think so. And um, and maybe it wasn't better right now. I feel yeah. like it's really recent. He likes them flappy boobies. Hundreds of them. Again, but- the action scenes are so good at this. And Murder Falcon does have like convenience things. Like, uh, he pulls out a bazooka at some point. It's very rock and roll. The entire, I don't want to gloss over how rock and roll the book is. Like, before he shoots off the, the rocket launcher, he's just being mad. <laughs> it's like very rock and roll. Uh, but apparently, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. They go to the drummer. Yeah, they have bad beef. She didn't think that they would ever talk again because it was her idea to find the replacement. But he is growing, he's past it. We need to work together. I love him using, I love Murder Falcon using the stoplight as like a hammer. It was perfect. Yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson, just when you're talking about action scenes, I was just having, he knows exactly when to cut out the background. Yeah. Like in some of these, he does just use like a, you know, some action lines and a, and a solid color. Oh, more times than not. Yeah. <laughs> but 
he really knows when it's the perfect time just to like take it out of there. Take yeah. out that background. And he'll use the the, the words to what is it called? Whatever you use the words in the in the image. Well, I mean, it's just I guess it's an onomatopoeia. I mean, I thought there was a, a term for using it in like the the illustrating sense, but he uses that a lot, and it, it definitely sort of takes you away from realizing there's no background. Oh yeah, yeah. That I, that really really adds the way he integrates it in. Um, yeah, so they're in the van, they're running away. Her dad has Alzheimer's, and she's she was mad at Jake because that they had a big producer at a show that he skipped, and it was sort of her chance to like make money, like be a real band that gets paid. So you feel for both of them. I mean, it's a sad situation. It's, all their stories are kind of sad, except Johan just wants to rock. Yeah. This is the so this this particular uh, issue is why I don't really like the oh gosh what's his Halford yeah the mammoth because like he's kind of presented as a badass but then you just see he's a big animal like he just immediately he gets taken out he's this giant animal he gets taken out relatively quickly and her creature kind of sucks because it's a water creature yeah i mean cool but yeah it's very restricted that's all i could think about i was like well hope you're near water yeah the uh, can we talk about the van how cool the van is i've always been someone that likes vans in a non-creepy way like <laughs> like old vans like this like i think these are cool and again not in a non-creepy way i just you know I have fond member, memories of college. I had a suburban, and, and everybody would always ride in it. I just have fond memories of everybody being together like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a cool van for sure. I would easily have it. It reminds me of Hot Rod, like the van they had Hot Rod where they're dancing. <laughs> so, like it's just, I think it's cool in that sense. Again, not creepy. There's no free candy sign on the side of it. <laughs> a great van, but this is. What I mentioned earlier, where they can kind of skip past the dungeon crawl. They're just like, oh, we found your drum kit already. Yeah, yeah. And this one has jetpacks on it. When he said that, I was like, I thought he was talking about the goblins, because he was like, we went to the jet dungeon, got your kit. There were goblins. It had, they said it has jetpacks, but I was like, the goblins had jetpacks? But then you see this, this is drum kit flying through the air, which is randomly badass yeah that is pretty cool because uh, otherwise how would you do that you know yeah you would have to i thought well you know they backed the van up so i was like oh he's gonna always be in the van yeah but this you know the scene of her just jamming and heard about him like hey sometimes you gotta let the drummer do you know do his thing and it's just like going to town and then you see this giant sea monster just rip through this you know, every time they meet a new monster, they're like, oh, no, this monster is too powerful. We can't beat it. And then you see this giant monster, legendary monster, just rip through it. Which looks cool, but again, stuck in the sea. So, like, if they're in the middle well, of the United States. <laughs> well, and also, again, I mean, it's just a sea creature. Like, like I said, like, Murder Falcon is the coolest because it is just, like, this weird conglomeration where the rest of them are just kind of a thing. Yeah, and he can always be there with them. I don't. I feel like the other ones are summoned because where is Hartford Halford 
And like when they're in this diner, they're all hanging out. Murder Valley was just with them, they're like part yeah. of the team. Sabretooth Tiger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird. It, earlier, I talked about a couple sitting and having a picnic. And apparently, from the first issue, we didn't mention this. There was this giant kaiju after. Murder Falcon and Jake work together the first time. They sort of just have a jam session where they just smash beers together, which is also cool because Murder Falcon likes to smash beers, which is cool. Like, that's cool. It's cool, but it's it's funny to watch him, like, every panel where he's drinking him because he's a bird and he doesn't have lips. Yeah, so it's like, it, you know, I, I was a big fan of Digimon when I was a kid. It would be like, that would be the monster that I would want. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not a kid smashing beers, but I'm saying, like, if I had one and I was my age now, like, that would be the the partner that I would want. Someone that I could, like, kick ass with and then smash beers with afterwards. And yeah, so, for sure. uh, then this creature that has been, there was a creature in the first issue when they're having beers together, and Murderfile was like, where, where the hell did that giant monster come from? And Jake's like, oh, it's been the whole time. It's never moved. Which is, again, this gross-looking, amazing monster. Now, one thing I do appreciate about Danny Warren Johnson is that his monsters don't look the same. Even though they have a similar style, they don't look the same. They also don't look like monsters that we've seen before in, like, other media. Yeah, it's like this, like, kind of crustacean, yeah. Yeah, blob. And, and this... What's his name? Macho Chaos? <laughs> Magnum Chaos? <laughs> he activates this uh, this giant kaiju and it starts to attack. Well, I do appreciate yeah. that he like he's walking through his gross, you know, dimension rift, and he flips this thing on to press the button to activate it, and the button is an eyeball, and it like makes this squish. <laughs> it's just like gross. But it's perfect for the panel. It adds just like a little extra grossness. Yeah, it made my eyes water for sure. <laughs> and then we get a, a crazy page. I'm not trying to go panel by panel, but we get a crazy, not a crazy page, but sort of like a, a more, you know, we get this, all these action sequences and these huge things. And then we get a slow down, subtle, sort of intimate moment where Date takes off his ring and throws it into the water, which I assume is a flashback. Yeah, I think because of the blue tint that it's a flashback. Now that I see it, when I first saw it, I thought it was happening in real time. Same, same. But yeah, now that I'm looking at all the pages together, they're, he's in the diner in the next scene with everyone else. Yeah, and they they decide the band's back together, but immediately they have to go and fight this uh, this giant kaiju that was in the lake. And it's cool because they're in the van. It's like an eighteen van, <laughs> and then. The drug kit is flying beside it. It just looks cool. It's ridiculous. You know, you were talking about a hot rod, and this guy sitting on the beach is funny because it's like, babe, don't even worry about it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> babe, babe, babe. So But then, as you mentioned, and I, I didn't think about it until, like, looking at it for a second time, instantly, the, the sea creature gets stomped instantly halford the mastodon gets slapped to the side it's like yeah by by his trunk man poor snuffleupagus not they're nothing they're contributing nothing murder and i will say i'm not being biased murder falcon also gets smacked to the side 
and he's in the water. Um, but he jumps up. And I think at this point we realize that the Magnum Chaos is feeding off people's despair. That's where he gets his power from. I, we never mentioned that. But direct link. Like if they touched him, then that's where he gets powered up from. Mm-hmm. And Murder Falcon jumps in to save Jake from getting touched by this giant kaiju and gets obliterated. Like his complete arm is destroyed. That's when Magnum touches Jake's head, and we learned that Jake was the one with cancer and not his wife. He didn't lose his wife to cancer. He lost his wife because he pushed her away, which is yeah, super depressing. It is very depressing, but it seems, I mean, like, I get it. Like, he didn't want to be the burden. He didn't want to yeah. be a sick person. We learn, you know, we get, we get way deep into that. Like, she left him because, like, People talk about how bad it is to have cancer, but they never talk about like the spouse that has to watch their loved one go through cancer. Like we, it gets crazy deep. But um, it gets powered up like crazy power. Magnum chaos gets crazy powered up by Jake's despair. But then we get more cowbell, and his friend Ray. I think his name's Ray, right? Uh... Nate, his friend Nate. His friend Nate earlier has to close up his shop and he's like, I'm, you know, I have arthritis, I can't do it anymore. Maybe I'll pick up drumming. But he has a cowbell and these like stampede of bulls, giant bulls that rips through this kaiju, which I thought was cool. Nate gets to save the day. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And then, you know, him, this, this kaiju falling kind of creates a dam and he sees his wedding ring out, which good eyesight, you know. Um, he sees his wedding. Shining light. Huh? It's like giving off a shine. Yeah, so he goes to see his wife and uh, like that instantaneous of her accepting him, like answers the door, hugs him. It's also weird, again, that she's just hanging out. I guess that's what you do. Like there's fucking kaiju attack. There's like this rip in the fabric of reality. I guess I'll just hang hang out in my Amityville horror house. I would imagine uh, people stop asking for rent at that point if everyone's gonna die. You're just like, yeah, we don't worry about rent anymore. Just live, just live your days out. Yeah, the uh, the <laughs> the moment when the real rip happens and there's this just like spillover, which is really gross. It even says sploosh. I think that's like, issue. I think that's the next issue. Is it okay? Let's let's let me do the uh, Mount Murder Falcon issue number five. Magnum Chaos has rocked the earth, shaking Jake and Bruticus to their core. But don't despair. A ban- a new band arises in Iceland, 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 unleashing <laughs> <laughs> the blackest of metal to turn the tide. Which was it was badass. I'm not gonna lie. I was disappointed with how that uh, ended. Murder yes. Falcon issue number six. For those about to shred, we salute you. Magnum Chaos is one step closer to enslaving our planet, and only the hope for Bruticus lies within the newest member of the band. Starts out, go ahead. You were you were talking about the the splooge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, Magnum Chaos has won essentially. This is this is the Empire Strikes Back of this series. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jake gave him the power if he needed to to break through pretty much. 
Yeah, so there's this really gross splooge, <laughs> sploosh <laughs> as the fabric of reality basically just opens in the middle of the the water here, I guess in Iceland. It ends up looking like a look like like a one-eyed Elmo throwing up into the earth. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like the what's the imaginary the uh, from Fox, Foster's home. Foster's home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah so there's this other band that comes out of nowhere i honestly was when i so when i first saw that i was thinking is this from another realm that he took over i thought it or, was another realm or it was like uh you know sometimes the heroes aren't the first heroes like this isn't the first time they tried it. i thought it was like a, maybe a flashback of when it first broke through and he's because they say it's the dimension rift is over Sweden or whatever. So I thought uh-huh. these were like the first guys that tried to do it and they all get eradicated, but not not so much. Yeah. It's always sad for me to see. So this is the first time you see how vulnerable uh, the, 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 the band members are, or whatever you want to say, like the, the people that are kind of pumping up the, the avatars of the heavy, like, that this band man the dude that's on the drums just gets snatched up which is sad because you also see moments of like these reindeer one of them gets eaten that's fucking sad i hate that <laughs> yeah um, they're like a hardcore like i said metal apocalypse yeah they and are a painted s- band swedish metal band um but you see this, and you see that their drummer gets eaten, and then that oh, I guess it's their drummer, and then another band member kind of gets knocked over uh, the edge of the cliff, and it's just kind of it's a shitty moment. But then that's the cliffhanger, uh, so to speak, and we go right back to Jake and his wife. But then we go right back. We're we're with the fellow bandmates that are looking for this this videotape, essentially. Yeah, how do they, so I may have missed this, but how do they know that they need to be doing that? Is that something that Murder Falcon told them they should be doing? Uh, I, I don't. that part, where they just knew that that was the next part of the journey. Well, I, so they have the, the shred detector with them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why they just decided to do that. Yeah, that was some part that I missed, but I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that this whole book is like, yeah, you know, details. Yeah. And so him and his wife, him and his ex-wife, they're still married, I guess. I think they're just separated. But they're just having a, a conversation. She's like, you know, explaining, like, you pushed me away. It, it was hard to, to, to be there for you. And he's saying that he's better. But even as the reader, you see that he's not really doing better, but he's trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, I just don't see it yet. We, it's going to take time. Then she goes out and, you know, meets Murder Falcon, and he's just a cool-ass dude, man. <laughs> yeah, you want to fucking smash a beer? <laughs> <laughs> There's apparently his bandana that has magical properties that can heavy, because why not? Why wouldn't he show Jake that? Or, like, this is not a complaint. It's just something I just thought of. Like, why wouldn't, when Jake was coming to terms with it earlier, why didn't he be like, hey, man, just put this on for a second? Yeah, one second, I'll show you. But then again, Jake was pretty... It didn't take much convincing to be like, hey, guess what? You need to save the world. It's like, uh, can't save the world? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much the whole fight that he put up with that. Yeah. yeah. And then he learned, you know, Jake gets the call that they're in trouble. 
and um, so they, he's going to leave her, and she she seems sort of selfish. It was it was almost like oh, I don't really like that she was like that, because um, it's like the fate of the world situation that I, I assume that everybody understands because it's presented that way. Uh, but then they take her with them, and I realized in the next page that the sea creature is not necessarily just a sea creature, but more of like a just like a, a I don't know, sort of like the worm from Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No water around, but that creature's there. Yeah, sandworms. Yeah, they're sandworms. (laughs) They're not doing a very good job by themselves, which we all kind of assumed. But then Murder Falcon and Jake roll up, do a drive-by with those Gatling guns, man. (laughs) Imagine how loud that is. They just eviscerate everybody. Yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson does not... Does not skip out on any of the guts. No, he definitely doesn't. He likes them. And you know how old I just sounded? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you imagine how, no, you imagine how loud it is? Like, that's my first thought. Is like, God, that would be so loud in that van. We also learned that Nate got touched. And then this is the first time we see this like weird stem antenna that gets put out of their heads to sort of like, Siphon energy for the main cause, magnum opus chaos. <laughs> um, magnum condoms. They're at the hospital, and we learned that this is happening to everyone. They're constantly getting people in the hospital. They have no idea because once they try to remove it, their vitals go down. So they're just like, well, fuck it, we'll just leave them here. <clears throat> Which is kind of weird. But they have the tape. We didn't talk about that. They did get the tape. From that weird rock and roll crypt that they broke into. I love that it's a tape. Like, I was just thinking, like, it's a fucking tape. Yeah. And this, the guy, this creepy, you know, hooded figure is telling him, like, hey, you got to play this song to get into. Essentially, they're trying to find this horn to activate this zombie army of the rock and roll legends, pretty much. Which yeah. sounds ridiculous, but again, it's like whatever, man. This is yeah. The- it it well it, it it kind of makes you think of like the ghost army, the army of the dead in Lord of the Rings, like the yeah, you know, yeah. And he's like, they ask him, can he play the song? He's like, I don't know, I could try. And then it's just like, I love the kachunk, like all the sounds, all the onomatopoeias are perfect because you hear it. You know what I mean? Like you legitimately. You see the next panel, and you see his arm transform to like this giant key, and then you're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that sound, that's the sound that I would feel like it made." Um, yeah, and then that's when you know him and his wife are having a moment with Nate, where she's sort of forgiving him, and she's sort of seeing the hero that he's becoming. But then the wall gets punched in by Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> by the coolest Groot. Yeah, he's cool. Maybe they wouldn't be extinct if they all look like this. <laughs> yeah, so what happens next, man? All right, so this is... Uh, are we on to... Uh, no, we're, not on to it. we're not on to it yet, I don't think. But group um, pops up. I, just, I lost my page, that's why I was asking. Oh, okay, yeah. So he comes in, and he talks to him for a little bit, and then they're like... Uh, I think that's when they figure out exactly where this so they have these coordinates that show up on the tape 
Yeah. And the guy shows up and he's like, Hey, you know, I want to join your band basically. Um, yeah. He's the sole survivor of whatever his Norwegian band was. Yeah. And so they take, they take like a tugboat from wherever they are to Japan. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, love kinda Mur- t- I love Murder Falcon on the boat. He just looks cool every time they show him. Yeah, he's got like his specialized jacket with Murder Falcon, uh, <laughs> Falcon tags and stuff. So, um, yeah, this guy, Helmdor, I guess, what's his name? Uh, Helmdor. Uh, sure. He kind of tells a story. And I like how conveniently his uh, the items for his bands were p- placed all in one thing. Yeah, like, I thought that too. How great is that? Um, yeah, with no monsters inside the crypt. Yeah, cool. But that's also like, I wish they would have survived because I think, so I, I will admit, everyone should be listening to some kind of, find an instrumental band, metal band. If you don't like the growling, which I don't, I don't like the, I don't like that kind of, I don't like that. But I was listening to like an instrumental metal band. Yeah. And it makes this, it makes this book so much more impactful and yeah, so much agree. cooler. I, when I got to about this part, I was like, man, I should be listening to something. Yeah, just a good metal soundtrack. I've, I was listening to a band called L1011, and they, they don't, they're not like super metal, but they're, uh, they're not really metal at all, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but they do play some fast music. Yeah. It was, uh, some freeform jazz. But, um, he <laughs> was what's that guy's like don't worry um uh, <laughs> anyway uh no but they uh, they were it was like a faster kind of a metal beat thing yeah. going on um and i think it serves the story really well uh that being said this part right here kind of bothered me it was like Hildar was like being kind of a dick to jake's wife it it, it had a better payoff so I was the same way, I, and we'll talk about it more in a second. I didn't. I, I was like, man, fuck this guy. He's new, and he's like, we've we've forged these relationships as a reader with all of these characters. Jake's wife, yeah. is, we're sort of, and I don't want to be corny with it, but I'm being serious. I'm like, we we're sort of protective over Jake's wife now. We understand the relationship, the struggle they went to. She's in she's in the band, even if she doesn't play an instrument. So when he was we, like, we thought she was dead. <laughs> yeah, she's here. We got her. She's safe. And he was like, you don't even play an instrument. Why are you here? And we're like, hey, man, back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, face. <laughs> and so then she explains that she, you know, she sticks up for herself. But it was like, I was, I'm the same way. I'm like, man, this guy, fuck this guy. Who are you? you? All your people are dead. You suck. Yeah. But uh, that's the end of the issue. They finally get to this weird uh, crustacean place. Weird crustacean place. But also, there was a, the person that it, which was, I don't understand, and I feel like this is my only thing in this book that wasn't resolved. And it, it's still bothering me. This person, total human, calls and says, yeah, it's me. They're here. So apparently calling Magnum Chaos. No, no, it's not. Oh, It is resolved. Ah. I thought the same thing, and this is another misdirect. Um, the misdirect got me. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing, and it was I was like, "What the fuck?" So, I get. Let's see. Well, you can go ahead and do your synopsis for the next two. Okay. 
Which are the last two, I think. Yeah, so I mean, it's you, but I'll do it. Is it me? <laughs> so. I did five. Did you? I don't know. Did you? I did five and six. I did. This is uncut. <laughs> I did one, two. You did three, four. I did five, six. You did seven, eight. I don't remember you actually talking about five and six. <laughs> I mean, I just don't remember hearing it. Um, Maybe I did. I did. I think you, no, I mean, I think you did. I think I just didn't hear it. Like, I just completely just, yeah, you did it. Um, I, had to, I had to have dude it. Yeah, I think you do dude it. Okay. So, Murder Falcon, issue seven. To save the world, Jake and Murder <laughs> is so long. I don't know. It's so much work. You read this. To save the world, Jake and Murder Falcon must find the fabled Horn of the Dead. How metal is that? <laughs> Murder Falcon issue eight. Daniel Warren Johnson's power ballad concludes in a brutal battle of bands. The members of Bruticus have come too far to allow Magnum Chaos to reign on Earth. Strap on your axe, join the battle, and remember, metal will destroy all evil. A lot happened in these last two issues, man. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so let's just resolve this right now. Um, so they get on the island, the guy pulls out his satellite phone, he says, hey, they're here. Uh, but, and, and that's the misdirect, because immediately they're crossing this bridge yeah, you're to right. this, this horn, and we see all these weird worms. Again, the whatever its name is, fucking dragon thing, gets taken out immediately. It eats some of them and then gets smacked or something. You just see a tail. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to like trap it, you know, trap everybody in here. This is when uh, I think there's kind of a cool moment. They, they basically, they're like, get them the hell out of here. Uh, it's like telling uh, Metalocalypse to get his wife away. Like, fuck, yeah, get, fuck, get her fuck, out fuck, of here. I'm good. Get her out of here. Which was cool. Because I, I do like his, his group, his avatar. I mean, it looks cool. It is really cool. And it, it's sad what happens. Anyway, um, so they get kind of some distance, kill some wimes. Um, and as they're speaking, that's when the understanding happened, as you, as you mentioned, like, um, she explains like her journey and gives him a peanut butter sandwich. And <laughs> yeah, like for their, for their interaction and friendship and like their whole story arc together as friends to be so short. I mean, it's like the shortest story arc. If you, if you can call it that in the story, it's great. It has the beginning. They don't like each other. He's kind of rude to her. He has to save her. They bond, and then what we'll talk about in a second, but it's just like a full circle moment in the middle of this huge story, which I thought was insane. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but while this is happening, the rest of the band is stuck in this shell of worms, it's... and uh, freaking Jake is getting the T-1000 treatment, getting a spike through his shoulder and knee. Uh, and being threatened with his eyeball. That sucks. That Ben Magnum loves his eyeballs, man. He's all about them. Yeah, uh, before, right before that, though, she explains, like, 
I just wanted to scream. Like that, that's my reaction. Like I wanted to scream. I wanted to do this. And uh, Metalocalypse pulls out this badass looking microphone. And he's like, then that's what you can do. Like you, what you explained is like, that's what metal is. Like you're part of, you're part of the band, whether you think you can sing or not. I'm not asking to sing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I can't sing. He's like, you didn't have, you don't have to, like, it's not about screaming. And, um, they they get back on they go back to the bridge and he's ready to rock out and the panel there's no words on it but it, it to me it's one of the best pages in the entire book you see her in real time flashback panel her being with Jake in the hospital and then just like just you see it's visually perfect because you see the stress and the flashbacks and then you see that sort of built up rage the next pa- the next page I would imagine it was a double page spread was so badass. I showed my wife and she was like, yeah, that looks kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she's the, the, she's the litmus test. Yeah. Like, is this cool? I, I, what things are really cool. Like cool. I mean, she was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. You yeah, get it. Like, yes. <laughs> Six to nine. <laughs> <laughs> and so she screams into this microphone and this, I'm, I like wolves. Obviously I'm a, I'm a, I'm a alpha dog, male man. <laughs> <laughs> so she screams into this giant wolf and just obliterates this worm cave that they created. Before it, we before just, we move before we move on, is this the only time that you see this wolf? Because I feel like it is. It is. Unfortunately. Yeah. I looked for it numerous times at the end. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it is a double page spread and it looks so cool my concho that's the name of the wolf my concho did a two-page spread playgirl oh my gosh what happened next i lost my page uh so this is the rescue mission basically uh him bard or whatever whatever his name is comes in with his uh groot his uh tree elemental and it's basically they're they're rescuing all these uh the, the rest of the band and they're running away and that's when uh Magnum Chaos is like, yo, you forgot something and smashes Jake's guitar. Yeah. And Murdoch immediately collapses. Yeah, there's so many weird weaknesses. Like the idea that their entire life is is like like this is their Horcrux, if you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, fan, or just like the link to their soul. Um, it's an interesting, like God, they have so many for being so strong. They have so many weaknesses. Like if they're if Jake gets hurt, weakness. If the guitar gets hurt, weakness. You know, a weird uh, thing like Simon mentioned earlier at the very beginning, uh, his guitar was destroyed. Yeah merged together and became this new thing because of Murder Falcon. So it's just like a weird you kind of got to just say okay. Like oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's just part of it now. <laughs> like because now it's it's linked. And maybe it's just because you know again he used all Murder Falcon uses power to to make that the instrument. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But this is so I hated to see this, but Helmdar immediately with it, well, I hate to see it because you're basically killing your your monster here. Um, 
He's sacrificing himself and his monster, and he's actually the only other useful <laughs> avatar. Yeah, so far. Um, grabs the guitar, throws it to Anne, and then is immediately consumed by the Wyams. And the last thing he says is goodbye, Anne, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is sad, which is, again, that's what I was talking about, like the full circle moment, because he was mean to her at first. They bonded, they became friends, all within a few panels, and then he dies. And the last thing he says is he reaches out to his last friend because he didn't connect with any of the other bandmates. Yeah. Uh, it was just, a, for me, it was just a great moment. I, it, you don't really see things like that get. So when he got introduced, I figured, like, oh, this character is going to be used as cannon fodder. I just I assume that, and usually it's like you don't care about that. Like it, you know, he was just introduced last issue. Who cares if he dies? But that little story arc that they gave them made you care for this character. Oh yeah, yeah. And not having that issue limit, I was like, well, he's here forever. I didn't know what issue I was on, so I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could have been the main character. Yeah. Um, and this is where I say it's resolved. So they get back to the dock. They're like, where the hell's the fisherman? He said he was going to wait for us. You think he betrayed him. But then the next panel, he's there with a new character, uh, showy. Uh, I can't, I just can't read the, the print is so small. Takahashi. A Japanese gentleman. Violinist. Yeah. Showy, showy Takahashi. And behind him, just to his, his right, his right. Is that fisherman? So yeah. he was talking to this gentleman. I didn't even know that until you mentioned that. So that's cool. I'm glad. But um, we also learned that instruments hurt the creatures, even if they don't have avatars, right? Uh, it kind of seems like they. Honestly, it seems like Daniel Warren Johnson is kind of like, eh. But yes, uh, so basically they say that uh, the, the music itself, because it is of the spirit, because it is of the soul, combats the monsters because they are of like despair and hate and everything else. So yeah, even... This dude does like a crazy violin riff and it chops one of these small monsters in half. Yeah, but later you do see yeah, that his... Is- when his his old... avatar is kind of like a samurai. So, yeah, but I think it's like a, a culmination of his entire work. They didn't. You know, we'll talk about it. I guess we can. They get to Japan, and Japan is they're smarter than America in this story <laughs> thing in real life. <laughs> I'm just saying, they realized instantly that this is not going to work. Military weapons don't work, so they created the music defense whatever. Yeah, which I thought was cool. They basically just have anybody that's a musician just there, just a part of this army. But it's cool. Um, but Jake goes into a coma, and that's you learn that when he was getting T-1000, Magnus left a little bit of him inside of him. That sounds gross to say. <laughs> and they have like a back and forth. Yeah, it's a very deep back and forth, but you just made that really gross. <laughs> he entered him and left some of his some of his goo inside of his body. Yeah, some of it was dripping out of sniz. Anyway, so yeah, he's having this kind of flashback 
while all this other shit is happening and it's it's a very pressing moment you know they bring him in um we find out that they're like the japanese leader of this this um musician army has an uncle father grandfather grandfather okay that fixes instruments and uh they need to fix jake's instrument so um they gotta get that shit fixed so murder hawk can be on the prowl again I thought it was weird that he said that he saw that guitar before. Uh, I feel like he's seen the model. It was just weird. Because it it's like a falcon guitar. like It has a falcon head on the end of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. All right, so I don't want anybody messaging me and be like, oh, actually? So, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it is a murder falcon. That is a brand of guitar. I don't know if you've seen it, but the guy from Guar plays one. Anyway, yeah, no, so... For anybody that doesn't know, <laughs> podcast <laughs> for you black rockers out there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, and Living Color, man, that's a great band. You really right, missing out. Sorry, right, I failed you. Um. Anyway, so so during this, of course, there's got to be like a, it's just some shit going on in the background while the why her grandfather's trying to fix the guitar, and it's this giant. It, it's a lot like Pacific Rim. Like the kaiju just keep getting bigger and more powerful and bigger and more powerful. Yeah, and I I, I really love that they don't look alike. Like they they have again the same style, but they look different. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're very. There's always an eyeball. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they look completely different. Yeah, um, violinist, um, whatever his name is, he's like. My my orchestra is not here yet, so he has the whole orchestra sort of like his Bruticus. Instead of being you know a small band, he has a full full orchestra. So he's waiting on them. They're the backup. So in the meantime, this general of this army, who is is, is a kid, it looks like, pulls out this not a kid, maybe just like a young lady. Yeah, she's pretty scarred up. She's just young looking, I guess. Pulls out this badass keytar and just goes to town and i feel like her uh sort of avatar is just this giant machine that has cannons on it which was cool because again i think that's more efficient than a mastodon 100 <laughs> percent um not I mean, just or is a cool instrument to be like uh uh horcrux well, and it is, I mean, even the, the the orchestra that finally, that does show up, like, they're playing on a tank and an APC and a semi. And... That's definitely Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> their, uh, their avatar of whatever, if, if it's this conglomeration, which is kind of interesting, is really badass. And I wish that he was in the story for longer yeah, it was. This is one of my favorite moments, and I I just imagine that it's a, a a combined avatar because they're all there, and he doesn't show up until they're all there. Yeah, uh, it's this giant samurai, like what you think of Tokusatsu, uh, you know, Ultraman versus Kaiju, and it's just like this samurai that looks so cool, man. Well, <laughs> I love that he's got this crustacean. Like everything has this like sea life. Yeah. kind of um effect to it but yeah so this whole time jake is still in his coma and he's dealing with like 
basically Magnum Chaos is showing him the the focus of excuse me the focus of his despair. Like, gosh, got the hiccups now. And, um, it's, and it's that moment where he's like, it's it's in a lot of movies. Like, just stay here, you know. Like, it's gonna be better here. You have no fear, no pain. Like, I can take care of you if you stay in the darkness. Yeah, if you let me put this root in your head, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. Basically, the collective conscious. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's reminding him of all these shitty things that happened. He's like, yeah, all that stuff was shitty, but right, like. Five minutes from now, my best friend is going to pick me up from this bench, which is exactly how the story starts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from there, I'm going to find, you know, he just kind of goes in and he talks about, like, all the good things that have happened and, like, how this isn't as terrible as Magnum Chaos assumes. And he basically defeats him in his inner mind. Yeah. And wakes up. Yeah, and I, I love that he's not healed. Like, I love that he's not like he wakes up and he's like good to go. Uh, he is still very injured, but his wife wakes him up. All the, it also helps that his wife is singing him this song that she sang to him when he was in his darkest moments. And that's sort of the catalyst that gets him like, wake up. The guitar gets fixed, but our samurai friend gets defeated. Yeah, and I, and I re- looked back at this. I looked back at this because I was like, is he dead? Because it just says squeeze. He's not yeah. dead. I didn't hear a crunch. Um, but as this has happened, Jake rolls up in his wheelchair with Murderhawk, pushing him around. Uh, and he pulls his hair off. You realize, you know, this... Go ahead. No, I was saying that was a cool moment. Oh, yeah. Because I, I sat there and I wonder, I'm like, oh, he had chemo and he still had his hair. I really was thinking about that the whole time. And then he pulls off his wig, and now he is himself. Like, he's like, this is me. Um, I'm not hiding. Uh, yeah, and they, they play, like, a full-on concert. You have the orchestra playing behind him. You have him just jamming. And so he picks up that sword, and I'm just like, damn, this is cool, man. <laughs> yeah, Murder Hawk grabs the sword in midair, which changes size just for him. Just for him. Uh, but then it changes back to being big, which is cool. Which is cool uh, as a big sword. Like, just make it, just keep it a big sword. Yeah, way cool. Um, and he defeats the kaiju. And the whole time I'm hearing, like, the P. Diddy, like, Cashmere remix <laughs> that was in Godzilla. Yeah. God, such a cool. And, like, he doesn't keep the sword. I'm just like, that's, this is perfect. Keep that sword. That's, that's a badass accessory for this character. Yeah, that particular panel with the the band and everything is so great. Ugh. So Man. nice. Then they have this meeting where, and it's like you said very early on, you said that throughout the book, they you start to realize how or the band starts to grow in fame. And it's not even just fame. It's like they become a legendary team at this point like even when they first get to japan the musicians in japan are just like holy shit bruticus is here they're here to save the day like they become a legend at this point yeah and then it's kind of funny because i mean that shit happens like even my wife's music you know she plays she does the intro for for the for the podcast uh short but i mean she does that and um she some of her music that's on Spotify, she gets her most plays in like Europe. 
You know what I mean? So like it, it's not out of the realm of possibility for some band that's like semi popular in New York. I mean, in America to be super big in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, we listen to all your songs. We love your, like, we love your album. And it's just like, it's crazy to see that the main character, and granted, he went through cancer. He lost his wife. Like he went through a lot. Like, it's not like he just gave up on having a band. But it's just crazy to see how you presented the character at the beginning and then like, oh, damn, he had all this stuff, which makes his fall even more sort of sympathetic. I wish he had left his hair off, though. Yeah, like he puts it back on, which was 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 a little like you should. It was a powerful moment to take it off. Yeah. But I mean, I get it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And they realize that they're not going to storm the the island because they're still trying to get to the horn they're not going to storm that island or whatever with weapons they're going to load up speakers and amps and everything to this you know military ship and all the helicopters have speakers that they're blaring it was cool and they're doing the dun, 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 dun. yeah but so that 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 is really cool like i love this moment but i'm at the same time i'm like what is defeating the monsters like is it actually the music that's playing or the or the avatars like what is the point of yeah. the amplification is it making the monsters more powerful i can i can appreciate that if they kind of explain that um and i don't think he's I, what they're playing right now i don't think it's defeating them i think it's like you see them going to the worms and it's just pushing them back yeah yeah so, Music is just affecting them, but the avatars are the ones that can defeat them because they talk about them not having like a physical form. Which again, why have right. they punch them if they don't have like actual physical forms? Well, it's like uh, it's like ghosts battling ghosts. That's the way I can imagine it. It's yeah. like you you can't battle a ghost. You couldn't shoot a ghost, but that maybe if you had another ghost, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and then uh. so you see the you see the avatar like the dragon going through and biting them and you see some of the ships crashing and burning i always hate to i would hate to be one of those people yeah because you know you're gonna die like just on that no main characters on this helicopter we're out and you see that she the the wife is screaming in the microphone but you don't see the wolf never see the wolf again man don't see the mastodon either let's see yeah the mastodon's like i'm gonna stay back here man on land yeah but i can't swim man but you got you know, it's cool because he has like a attachment now, like a like a light attachment, like a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but now he's like on. I feel I feel like he's on life support now. Which again, he did get stabbed multiple times. Well, he got stabbed several times, and he still has cancer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, this whole time, like, like, so Joe. Uh, picks him up at the hospital like after one of his treatments like he's not cured of his cancer yet yeah yeah that's true which is another misdirect with his hair because he has his hair the whole time you're like how does he have like you said how does he have cancer if he has all of his hair he's doing chemo treatments yeah so uh they finally get there he plays he plays the music murder falcon opens the door to the horn and there's lemmy uh, from Motorhead, if you didn't know, that's who that—that's that statue, Ace of Spades. Oh, nice! I did not know that. I was going to ask you about all these these subtle rock homages. 
I don't know all of them, but that that uh, he is dead. Lemmy is dead. So um, great band. Anyway, um, but that's where you get this chaos guy. He's all powered up with his six arms. I'm a huge fan of six arms, man. Yeah, he's looking crazy. Now now he two, I don't know if he had two eyes before. Maybe. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. But um, I love how Murder Falcon is like fucking cry kid. He's really blocking this shit. He's really doing a great job of holding him back, which is great. Protecting Jake. Yeah, this is definitely the end of the Matrix here. Yeah, Murder Falcon is so cool, man. It's so cool. He's super cool, but he, he even says, I appreciate, he's like, listen, I've got enough energy stored up yeah. um, from you playing. Good. Go blow the horn, which is interesting. That's a new thing that we learned is that they can kind of bank the energy, I guess, from being played. Um, he does that uh, Age of Ultron, Iron, you know, the Hulkbuster thing where he punches Hulk's face over and over. Yeah. You know, whatever he's on top of Hulk and he's just like, Mag- yeah, he's yeah. That to, to Magnus, which is cool. Yeah. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, energy. Well, and another thing is like basically, Mur- so Murder Falcon is the most powerful avatar, yeah, uh, which we've established this entire story, but <clears throat> here even they discuss like, okay, they're at the they made it past the blockade of these worms and all that shit. And then the rest of the band is like, I hope we gave them enough time because then they turn around like, uh, the chaos, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Direction pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Oh, Oh, he calls them back. And then all the worms are coming back. Um, and he starts laughing as he's just getting the shit kicked out of him. He starts laughing because then there's all these worms. Lames. Then he beats the shit out of Murder Falcon. Poor guy. Still looks cool. Yeah, but let's talk. I mean, there's a there's there's this whole thing where he's like, I've stored up uh, I've stored up enough energy. Go and blow the horn. And then Jake, who's been in a wheelchair because he got stabbed in the upper thigh and the shoulder, is now having to walk up like three flights of stairs. He's struggling. Poor guy. And, and the then. Whole- Man, this dude better not die. This, and this is all I was saying with every panel from now until the end of the book. I was like, this guy better not die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Murder Falcon gets messed up because of the worms. And uh, he basically, this chaos, I cannot remember his name. What is wrong with me? Anyway. Magnum Chaos. Magnum Chaos, that's it. Anyway. He laughs at him because he's like, Jake, you don't even have the energy to like blow the horn. You made it all the way up here. You can't even blow the horn. Um, and they do some cool shit with an oxygen tank. Yeah, like Magnum steps on an oxygen, oxygen tank and he's like, just give up. I won. And then Jake is like, not quite. And plays just one string. And uh, Murder Falcon lets off one bullet. It's like an action moment, like an action movie moment. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it, you know, where did the oxygen tank come from? Because, like, he left his wheelchair down there, but whatever. They show it uh, right beside him when he's cl- climbing up the, uh, like, he takes it with him. Because he says, come on, Jake, you can do this. He's talking to himself, you can do this, and he has it in his hand. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, do I do see that. Okay, thank you. 
and then he shoots it, and it's like a huge explosion. Like, I get it if it explodes, but it's like a huge explosion. Oxygen, I mean, that shit's volatile. <laughs> and then uh, he blows the horn. But I'm going to let you explain this because I'm still figuring it out. But they blow the horn, and the army of the dead doesn't rise to fight with them. Right. So it's kind of like you get this climactic moment of his hair blowing in the wind and he blows the horn and you're expecting like this rush of something. But then they kind of plink into another existence. I did have a question for you, and I, I, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this because I was very confused. Um, so he, he kind of plinks in to this. He's kind of seen behind the scenes like that moment in Interstellar. <laughs> When yeah. he's like in that weird tesseract, but um, he sees this guy that's composing, but he's like bound to a wheelchair. He said, "That's Jason. I don't know who that is." I didn't either. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was a musician. That I thought he was a real life musician. That this was like a real life situation. I thought that I was going to ask you the same thing. That's why I said, "Take it away." Well. Well, he might be, yeah. but I was like, maybe this is someone that Dan- Daniel Warren Johnson knows about or something like that. I really don't know. He's Now that I've looked at it again, as we're going through it, I have no idea. He's yeah. not mentioned. So if you guys um, let us know, because this is something that uh, is out of our wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but this guy's composing, and then you see like this collection of people that are playing music and singing and just singing in a shower and singing together at different venues and all this stuff and basically it comes to that it's it's not the the horn isn't awakening the dead it is kind of pulling together the force it's like a spirit bomb it's pulling together the forces of of people that are destined to die, like people yeah. with cancer, people that are already on their deathbed. Depressing as fuck. But it also is like destined to die. That's like every human on the planet. We're all <laughs> destined to die. So not to, not to hit you with a truth bomb, but that's that's yeah. the truth. So <laughs> what? What am I doing here? But yeah, it's like a, it's like a spirit ball moment, and uh, then you find out that it doesn't raise the armies of anybody again. It actually just it has this connection to the heavy, where this giant hammer comes down and just smashes fucking what's in there. Yeah, and you see this hammer, uh, or you see the anvil, in it, and you see the hammer a couple of times. I think at least once when they're describing the heavy, like it's just kind of suspended. It just smashes the shit out of this dude. Yeah, it's just like the ultimate power move. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, very, very cool. And it works like the uh, the end of the Avengers, where it just all the all the other bad things on the planet die. Yeah, the 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 rift closes. All the head spores disappear. Yeah, everything's safe. And it was like, man. And again, like I said before. Every panel up until the last page, I was like, this fool better not die. This fool better not die. Better not die. And you get this great scene where it's just like the anvil, total destruction. Murder Falcon's like, we did it, Jake. We really, 
Jake. Yeah. And panels to him looking dead in the hospital. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he like hits that moment in uh, it's any movie without with ghosts in it where he's like he. I was gonna say like, dead, but like. <laughs> yeah. I'll support Bill Cosby over in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just ghost. We can just say ghost. Just ghost. Anyway. Yeah, where he he is like he his you know his um, uh, I would say like optimum form. He's got his hair. He's got his clothes aren't all fucked up and everything, but he looks back and he sees his his dead body. You know his uh, his spirit has left his body. Yeah, um, in this dark room with a hospital bed, which you know it's cool that they have functioning hospitals and stuff like that. In this thing, again, like are they? Is this, yeah, is this the end of the world? I don't know. Also, his wife is so short in that bed, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at it now. Another rock reference, if you didn't know, that's Ronnie da- James Dio uh, from Dio. Um, he was also in Black Sabbath for a little while. He took over Ozzy Osbourne. Anyway, he is this. Uh, he is also deceased, so that's why they probably put him in here. But um, he is the like the like uh, leader of the heavy, I guess. The voice of the thousands. Yeah, which Ronnie James Dio is the voice of a thousand. He's amazing. Um, if you like some old school metal. Anyway, I. As if I was a sensitive man. These last few pages would be an absolute tearjerker. <laughs> well. I am, and it was. Um, I am too, and it was. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, I don't like this." I told I was sitting next to my wife. She was like, "What? What?" She could like just see it on me, like the Charlie Brown squiggly mark above my. <laughs> just see my just me being destroyed. She was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "He died," and she had red, you know, all. She was like, "Okay, well, we'll talk about it. Let me know." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't shed a tear, but I definitely was very, I was sad. I mean, it's so sad to see him go through this journey and eventually die of the illness that he was, you know, fighting internally, like mentally this whole time. And I think what got me is the panel where he says, can I say goodbye? And he says, of course. And then they, he says, will they be able to hear me? And he says, only in their dreams. And I was just like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Things. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was rough because then, I, you know, yeah, and then him going through and like having his final moment, which he didn't get to say his goodbyes to everybody in the sense that we think about, but he then says his goodbyes to each one of these people and just like, "Damn. What? <laughs> Damn." Yeah, exactly. Um I do like that moment when he goes to say goodbye to Murder Falcon and he's like, yeah, no, I'm going with you. He's like, well, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a, that was a pick me up. Cause it was yeah. like, about to break down. He, you know, he was like, man, we've only been together for a short amount of time. And he's like, whoa, hold on, man. I'm, I'm right here. Don't, I can hear everything. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah. I, I do love that. That he's like, uh, you know, he's not, he's, it's like he's ignoring him the whole time. Yeah. 
And you see him in the panels. He's just sitting there. He's like, oh, and then he says, I'm glad you'll be with me. Uh, I'm ready now. And it's just like, damn, damn, this sucks. But it's not. It's like a beautiful moment. It doesn't suck. It's like a, it obviously worked because it, it's meant to pull those emotions from you. That's why I wonder if that, that guy, Jason, is somebody that Daniel Warren Johnson knows. It's got to be. I'll look it up after this. Um, it's a silly question. But perfect for you know because it, it gets really heavy for a second, but and it ends silly. That's a silly question to ask. Like you wouldn't think if you're going to the next step and you know whatever, you wouldn't think you would ask something like this. But he's like, wait, like stops, <laughs> wait. Is there heavy metal where we're going? And he says, like you wouldn't believe. And that's how it ends. And I was like, that's the perfect ending because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, Ronnie James Dio is very short, so I feel like they should have just made him short, but whatever. And it's afterlife. I guess, man. Um, but uh, one thing that I wish that could have happened as he's having, as he's saying his goodbyes and Murder Falcon can hear him, I really, so it makes me wonder, again, what are the rules, right? We've been discussing like, what are the rules? Um, uh, as far as like the avatars are concerned, can is Murder Falcon there? Like, can his is he in can, both? Yeah, can Joe and the wife and the drummer can they see him? Um, too. Also, if they can, could he not like translate the goodbyes to them before they leave? It, yeah, it almost makes you think that he was gone too. So yeah, that's why I think he's just waiting there, like. As soon as Jake dies, like there, he disappears as well. Yeah, yeah, that's how I think it happened. Yeah. Right. Um, overall thoughts: What do you think of the book, man? Well, again, I mean, this is just another book that we've had in the last couple of weeks. That, like, we here at the Wednesday Pool List don't really subscribe to the boring ass books. Every almost every one of them that we've read this year, last year, have always had a deeper feel to them. Um, and this is no different. Like, you know, we continue this trend of, like, deep, thoughtful books. Like, even if it had a very kaiju-centric, very um, just heavy metal, like, whatever, there's so many feels in this book. Um, it, I will say that it was surprising to me. Um I, because I know you and I have similar interests. If it's got Kaiju battles in it, we're generally going to be entertained. Mm -hmm. uh, if it has some sort of tokusatsu or Super Sentai feel to it, you and I are going to be generally entertained. And that's what I thought surface level with this book. I didn't expect to have any sort of emotion. So even the tease in the first issue was jarring to me with him, with his wife. I was like, damn. Yeah. What? doing this are we are we are we gonna play with emotions and then it just got deeper and deeper even though the action got heavier and better and and more intense the emotions also got like so layered and that I, I, it was unexpected for me oh yeah for sure um the art if you guys have ever heard his review daniel warren johnson you can just copy and paste that into this. 
I absolutely loved it. Uh, I don't know if he uses the same colorist for it, but it's a watercolor-esque color palette that works so well. Uh, yeah, it is kind of like, it kind of seems to follow, like they use some halftone dots, some, it's definitely like a digital, but yeah, they, I don't know. There's a lot of heavy brush strokes. Yeah. I feel like they always, he always has heavy brush strokes. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pin down. I do like his, the, like the way they do the onomatopoeias and some of these other things, like it's like a heavy ink brush. Like almost, uh, almost like very bold. Yeah, almost like Japanese calligraphy. Like very heavy. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's a good sort of description of his art style. Is that old school manga mixed almost perfectly with traditional Western comic book art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Like it almost is a perfect blend, and I and I don't mean to sound like a shill, but it just it really is perfect. Maybe some people don't like it, uh, but it's right up my alley. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy his work, um, a lot. Yeah, you're not gonna see me complain. Yeah. Okay. So let's pull up this uh, FAQ. It's gonna be interesting if I can get it going. Um, is everything else? You went first last time. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Go first. Uh, E5 is essentially my... I'm going to go E5 because that's what I typically think is my... No, G4. G4 is perfect. (laughs) So that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was like, E5 is kind of squished. Yeah, I would say G4 as well. Uh, G4 or E5. Um, oh, I was looking at F5. Anyway, for you. But yeah, no, G, G, G4 or E5, I would say, are both pretty fucking perfect. G4, probably a little bit more. Um, G4. G4, what I would think, what's a perfect 10? I think a perfect 10 would be pretty close to G4. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I give it my seal of approval. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Because it was silly, and it knew it was silly, and it never strayed from that. It never tried to not be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the general tone of it, like, you just know that the book is, it's a silly premise. But I, I the underlying emotion just, I don't know, it just knocked it out of the park, man. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I may not. There is a, there is a Bruticus album. Oh, I did not know that. At the last page is bruticus.bandcamp.com. Well, do you hear that? I hear you. Now I'm going to have to look it up. It exists. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to put that in the show notes for you guys to listen. And maybe you should listen while you read it if you haven't read it yet. Um, Simon, let's do some closing remarks. Where can the people find you at? 
Uh, I'm at Syme underscore on underscore toast on Instagram. You can find my website at simontoyportraits.com if you're looking for toy photography, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and you can also check out WednesdayPool.com. You can find out all of our links there. Simon also has a section that promotes his toy photography there. You guys want to have a one-stop shop. But uh, check out WednesdayPool.com. Definitely download the episode, leave a review. That would help us out a lot. And um, see you next week. Hopefully, hope, 2020 has been a B word as far as, like, our 20. show. Yeah, yeah, 2022. <laughs> yeah, I because that's I'm, that's how this year is going. 2022 has been the worst. Yeah, it's still going. 2020 is still holding its curse over the last uh, two years. Uh, between Lex being six, internet being out, and just like bullshit, um, it has been tough. But we hope that this episode comes across okay, and that you listen to it and you enjoy it, and hopefully, you made it this far. You are a real one, and we appreciate you. Next week, we assure you. That the sound will be better. I mean, even if the internet doesn't work, we'll figure something out to make it sound a little bit better. So I appreciate you guys and uh we're circling the drains and we'll see you next. Bye.